This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. This is the Limitless Keith Lee. And I'm here to ask you to stop what you're doing. Take just one moment and bask in the glory of the Busted Wide Open podcast. Mwah. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode 143. I'm Nick Howell. And kicking names and taking ass, I am Sir Ian Dangerous. <laughs> and welcome, welcome to a very large, very big show this week, Nick. There is much to discuss. We're going home to Stomping Ground. WWE Stomping Ground is coming up this Sunday, and we had Raw and SmackDown go home to that this week. We had a big NXT show there. They are back on track for the next takeover, which I assume is going to be uh, SummerSlam, SummerSlam weekend, and it's already looking delicious over there in NXT. And, of course, this week, the G1 was announced. All the participants, the blocks, the matches, that's all been announced over in New Japan, and my God. My God, Nick, I'm so excited to talk about that <laughs> because it looks insane. It looks insane this year. If you're not already in the New Japan, it's the perfect time to get involved. We have a whole breakdown of the G1 later on in the show. Plus, we have listener questions. It's a, it's a big show. Yeah. It's a big show, and I'm so psyched. But before we get into it, we got to do some housekeeping. Mr. As Howell. always, as always. So, guys, a little bit of different housekeeping to start things off. We are dealing with a whole lot of new tech here. Literally, I will post a picture in the Busted Wide Open discussion group of everything we got going on here. We continue to evolve the show. Big shout-out to all of the patrons that help you know, support a lot of that stuff. But uh, if you guys want to see a lot of this stuff and interact with us directly, as well as all of our fans and listeners, you got to be in the Busted Wide Open discussion group on Facebook. It is the hub of our operation. Just search for Busted Wide Open on Facebook. Send us a join request. We'll get you right in. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. Right here on YouTube at YouTube.com slash C slash Busted Wide Open. We are live right now. So you can also watch us record this every Thursday at 8 p.m. Pacific, five, sorry, 8 p.m. Eastern. Eastern 5 Pacific. I still think I'm in L.A. sometimes, but I'm not. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, if you love what we do and want to support this show, please, we love it. Thank you very much. Uh, we are very humbled by uh, all of your generosity. But if you'd like to contribute and get access to bonus episodes, uh, some show notes, additional perks above and beyond the normal weekly show, head over to patreon.com slash BWO and sign up for one of those reward tiers over there. Patreon.com slash BWO. Ian... Uh, I, did you mention in your rundown there at the beginning of AEW? We, we've got Fighter Fest coming. We've got I, all kinds yeah, of stuff. I didn't even. 
Good, we got news on AEW. God, there's so much wrestling. <laughs> so much stuff going on. We got news about Ring of Honor and Impact, too. I mean, it, it's a ton of stuff. It's yeah. a ton of stuff, Nick. Yeah. But, you know, the thing is, before we get to that news, before we get to all the rest of the show, we get to talk about the big news. Well, this one this one pains me a little bit. Um, yeah, not as much as it would have a year ago. Let me make that clear. <laughs> yeah, I can't okay. imagine why. Um, oh, we have man. to talk about the state of the Sullivan of Lars Sullivan. The state of Sullivan, state not of Sullivan. Kevin Sullivan. No, <laughs> Lars Sullivan. Uh, yes, it, it, we we heard that he had a, a knee issue last week. Uh, it's it's worse than that. They came back and said it's actually worse than just a little issue where they thought he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. He's out for six to eight months with this knee issue injury. We don't know specifically what it is, but it's going to keep him out a long time. Is and this I, real? I wish- is this legit? Or are yeah. they just, is this like him just getting yanked to reset in six months? Um, I... I mean, it wouldn't be a bad idea, but at the, th- the same time, like it's going to kill whatever momentum he had, whatever small momentum he had, uh, which seemed to be building something. I don't know. I, it seems strange to then say six to eight months. Usually if they pull somebody yeah. to try to reset them, they don't say how long it's going to be. Uh, and it's just they bring them back whenever. But uh, to, to make it a whole injury thing and release a, a uh, you know, an actual statement about the injury, it doesn't, that wouldn't make any sense. Sure. So, so yeah, this seems to be a legit, and I would say it couldn't have happened at a worse time, but I really don't know, I, I don't know how it could have really gotten worse than it was for him, where he just had no real traction with the audience, with this whole angle with the Lucha House Party. He was still recovering from all of the issues that with uh, some of his old posts on the the bodybuilding website where he had all kinds of racist and, and uh, trolling posts yeah, uh, that he was trying to recover from. But yeah, I, I mean, uh, and then also, you know, the kind of the, the, the strange thing that happened where he was supposed to have a, a big WrestleMania match and that didn't happen because he had to go home with anxiety issues. Apparently that was the Cena thing, right? He was supposed to wrestle yeah. come out and smash John Cena or something. It was, yeah, so the whole thing with Lars has been just very, very strange ever since he was five-star Lars back in NXT. So I, it's, it's a strange story for Lars. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's hard to really tell how damaging this is to his career long-term yeah. because it really was kind of a no-starter for a lot of people, the way that they were, they were pushing him, which was you know, identical booking week to week, comes out, smashes, stands up, yells, and walks off all sweaty which people got bored of really quickly. We've seen it a million times. People are already calling him this generation's Snitsky and, you know, oh, it's nails all over again. And like, oh, another big guy comes out, <laughs> smashes, and he leaves, uh, which is boring the tears out of everybody. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if he really had a good start to begin with, but, you know, this certainly, this certainly can't help things. No. Um, and it will depend a lot of what happens on his return if they have something more interesting for him, if people, if they can get people interested in him, which I really doubt given the very lukewarm response he got this time, it's not like people are going to, he's going to come back. People are going to be like, oh, that guy. I'm so excited to see him smash people again. Maybe they'll have him smash more small flying Mexicans and it will be glorious. No, I don't see it happening. So, yeah. How do we we uh, look back on, where did things go wrong? I can trace this all the way back to, there were four key call-ups at the end of the year last year, six, six months ago. They brought up uh, Heavy Machinery, Nikki Cross, Lars Sullivan, and Lacey Evans. 
right? <laughs> and then they brought up so many people, I've lost track of everyone that they brought up. Well, I mean, this was before Alistair and Ricochet and, and that kind of emergency yank up from the... Ro- but, I mean, I'm talking about we've now had the all of them on the roster for six months. We've seen <laughs> Lacey Evans walking up and down the ramp, and now she's in a title picture. We've seen now seen uh, Heavy Machinery getting their opportunity in a title picture. You know, we're now seeing all of these things develop, but this is the one, right? You forgot EC3. But it's okay. So did they. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's, I'm it's easy to forget him. Yeah, I mean, but that's we'll oh, talk about no. it. He showed up this week on. He showed up this week on the programming for probably the most time we've seen him on the main roster yet. The poor guy. Oh God. Oh God. EC3. But no, I mean Lars. They did give him a fairly significant amount of TV time. I mean, he looked dominant. It just wasn't interesting. You know, it was the same thing week in, week out. It was a little cringy to see, you know, with all the issues that he was having, it seemed a little tone deaf to have him squashing three luchadors. Yeah. You know, so there was a, there was a couple of issues with four of them over to the other side of the world to do the exact same thing to a crowd where you could hear the pin drop. Uh, uh, You know, so I'm. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what to think. I I had the highest of hopes for Lars Sullivan. You guys know I'm I'm a fan. I'm a big I'm a Hoss guy. So I I had really high hopes for Sullivan. Yeah. Uh, he gave me big time Bruno San Martino vibes, just with the classic look and build, and it just did not deliver. And I I don't yeah. honestly I'm almost tapping out. Like I'm I'm I might be over it at this point. Well, no, but Bruno Bruno didn't need HGH to get his look. But the problem the point is is that Lars kind of belly flopped on the main roster. We'll see if after this injury he'll be able to come back and get any kind of traction whatsoever, but this may be it for the big man. Uh, Speaking of things being it, being done, you know, someone who retired actually within the last 24 hours officially said that they will never wrestle again. Nikki Bella uh, has come out and said that she had to do some horrific injury. She has a cyst on her brain, and uh, she had, as you may know, she, um, she had to have neck surgery, because her, her her finisher that she used to use, which was to call the rack attack, uh, caused her to have horrible neck issues. She's right. herniated another disc above where she had that surgery. So she's done. She's never going to wrestle again. Bree might. They were kind of teasing the Bree might come back. But, um, I think Bree just all, wants to have 17 more kids. You know, I, I, I think don't know Bree that- just wants to have 17 more botches. Uh, I don't think Bree should come back. But, you know... I, Nikki being done, what are your thoughts about this? Like looking back on her career as a retrospective, uh, what do you think about Nikki Bella and the fact that she'll never be able to wrestle again? Uh, I mean, cringiness aside, she was the tail end of the diva era of the 2000s, maybe even into the 2010s, definitely into the 2010s. But she was on the tail end of that as the women's evolution revolution was happening. As a bullet point, as a check mark, she'll go down, I believe, still as the longest reigning uh, women's champion in WWE. Is that still accurate? Does she still hold that acclaim? I, yeah, off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you. I, I want to say it might have been broken. Um, I think because AJ Lee had it for a while and they broke it. They broke her record just because you know, right. they're petty. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it might be. Here's the thing is that Nikki Bella definitely was of that diva's era, probably the most successful sports entertainment diva. Um, and it's, it, you really can't understate how many eyes the, the Bellas brought to WWE with their reality TV show and everything else. Two of them. Um, I certainly don't, yeah, I certainly don't rate 
her very high as a wrestling talent, but you can't really say that she wasn't a major figure in WWE for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for what that's worth. Now, that being said, I always, you know, just kind of cringed and wanted to crawl inside myself whenever she came out and did her whole shtick. Um, you know, but in terms of her quote-unquote legacy, she certainly was a major figure for her time and I think was an adequate transitional figure from the Divas era to the modern women's era, uh, women's wrestling era. Yeah. So, you know, credit where credit's due. She absolutely did help to transition people who might not have been able to understand what was happening from one to the other. Um, so in that sense, definitely, you know, all, all credit where credit's due. Yeah. But, you know, beyond that, her being gone, we're going to miss nothing. I, well, that said also, the last thing I want to say is their ability to build brands and influence in the era of Kim Kardashian, they've proven to be very successful at. It's something that WWE has wanted to kind of latch on to with its superstars. And it's, it's you know, I could say that they're one of the few that have gone, they've got a winery, they've got clothing lines, they've got baby clothes, they've got all, all kinds of stuff, right? <laughs> Absolutely nothing to do with the WWE. Yep. But... They're the kinds of, you know, the internet's all about influencers now. Instagram, Facebook, all of that stuff, right? Influencers. There's arguably no one that's ever been bigger influencers in WWE than the Bellas have proven to be yep. over the last decade. So that's the last yeah, thing I wanted to say about it. And all that ancillary merch, WWE gets a piece. Yep. So they're, they're, they're not mad at the Bellas, that's for no. sure. But you know what? Hall of Fame. Keep your eye out. She might be in that next year. I much I know much that might make people cringe. Next year, uh, no. Give yeah, it, give it yeah. five. Give it like five years. I I would not put it past the WWE. I'm just saying. I'm just saying they've put in some very recent. Beth Phoenix went in for God's sake. They put in some very recent people. So okay. it could absolutely yeah, that's happen. Fair point. Uh, finally, in the big news, AEW. We said we had AEW news. Here you go. I think everyone probably already knows this because it is top of every headline. But they uh, they released their tickets for All Out, their show that's happening in August in Chicago. It sold out in 15 minutes. Well, let me put some Did quotation it? marks on that. 15 <laughs> minutes. Uh, we all know how this works. You know whether it's whether it's scalpers or secondary market people buying them up. Whatever. It's still the demand. The the point is the demand was there. Uh, you know, people, some people reporting, people who like monitor these kinds of t- uh, statistics said that the demand was greater for these tickets than for WrestleMania. So, mm, doing pretty good for a t-shirt company. Yeah. AEW is. Given, yes. But what I will say is if you go out to StubHub or Ticketmaster right now, you could probably find several thousand tickets available at a thousand percent markup of what they were, their face value. So uh, this is where I have a little bit of a bone to pick, and it's not just with AEW, and I don't want to get into a big rat hole here, but this, I mean, the whole concerts, events industry is just, it's out of control. And, yeah. and I'm waiting for somebody like an Uber of sorts to come along and completely disrupt how this whole th- thing is done. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, we're not far off from it. Somebody's going to figure it out. Yeah, um, seriously. Somebody call Pearl Jam. Right. Somebody call Pearl Jam and get them on this. I bought that's Machine a, Head that's tickets. That's an old joke. I'm I, old. <laughs> I bought Machine Head tickets that's for this December. Joke. A three-hour mega show for 35 bucks. Mm. I'm not paying $250 to go to a wrestling event. I'm sorry. You know, as it's, I, don't understand, I don't understand how that can just be legal. I mean... 
First depends of all, depends on if box seats. I, I don't know. But yeah, it's whatever. The secondary market is what it is, a whole different thing. But the demand was there. AEW still selling stuff out. Uh, and it does look to be a really good show as well. Uh, so yeah, AEW still killing it on the ticket sales. But Nick, that's it for the big news. We have a ton of show to get to. So let's not dawdle and head right on over and talk about Monday Night Raw. I got I to gotta admit, at the top of the show here, I was very, very sports entertained this week um, by the WWE. I, 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 yeah. You know, I, I there were some good matches. That, you know, let's talk about what happened. The main thing that happened throughout the week, and that was around Seth Rollins, um, mainly because Baron Corbin is looking for a special guest referee for his match with Seth at Stomping Grounds. But Seth is going around with a chair, murdering any, anybody that even comes close to being qualified or considered to be this referee. Ian? If they're even considering right. if they're even considering it. I have to throw this out there right now. I'm actually kind of mad at Seth Rollins. I don't believe in gimmick infringement. And this has just been blatant gimmick infringement. Um, I, I'm sure that he will be hearing from the lawyers for La Parca very soon. <laughs> there is only one chairman uh, of the board. And there's a... Seth stealing and trying to become the chairman of WWE is just wrong. In all seriousness, no, this was this was a lot of fun. I like this as a through line on both shows. We like to see our baby faces feel proactive, feel badass, feel like they they're outsmarting the other guys. You know what I mean? And and they can get outwitted too. It felt more like what someone would do if they were in this situation. Uh, so from that sense, it felt to me like the right thing to do. And not Damn. only that. There was a few through lines on both Raw and SmackDown that kept the whole shows, uh, both of them individually and both shows separately, you know, like there was a, a cross thread of, of plots that went across both shows and within each show that made them feel more cohesive. Um, and part of that is, I hate to say it, due to the wild card rule and some of these superstars being allowed on both shows. Which, you know, the downside is, is we have, uh, we have a lot of the same storylines on both shows. A lot of the same people are showing up. But when you have things evolving and changing on those shows, that can be a good thing. That's what yeah. it was before we had the brand split. The problem is, is you just have such a huge roster that a lot of people get sidelined as a result. But when it's done right, when you can keep things uh, so that they're cohesive like this... It makes for some pretty good shows. Now, I'm not saying that they, they've turned the ship around here. That you know, because SmackDown was not as well done as Raw this week, surprisingly. Um, and I'm not saying that this is a mate that was everything was fixed and everything was better because there were still a ton of issues. Sure, but this was a good a good major step in the right direction, and it did make me feel like some of the more cohesive shows of the past, where you had things that happened to one group of superstars affected other group of superstars. Uh, you felt the space that they were all in was uh, was a lived-in space where you had, you know, superstars walking from one place to another place within the arena, and it felt like everyone was there in the same environment. Um, so, no, overall, I was actually really happy with the creative decisions, uh, with some of the major creative decisions this week. Um, so, and as you said, let's let's start with that Seth Rollins and Corbin storyline. We started off this week with Elias in the ring running down the Los Angeles Lakers, which, frankly, I had to agree with everything he said. I'm sorry, I live in LA, and it's it's all very true. Bye, Lonzo. But, uh, bye, Lamar. <laughs> bye. Don't ever come on our wrestling show again. Yeah. Um, and 
I, I so he comes out, Elias comes out, runs, does his Elias thing, pulls off his shirt, and sure enough, he's wearing a ref shirt. He says, hey, I'm the ref this weekend. Ah, da, 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 da. And as you said, as soon as he says that, Seth Rollins jumps out of the audience, kills him with a chair, murders him with a chair. And, uh, and then funnily enough, it wasn't just Seth that murdered him. We had a match right after this that was a fatal five-way, and every contestant in that fatal five-way murdered Elias some more, which was – the crowd loved it. Is this but, fun? Uh, is, is watching Elias get beat down fun all on its own? Of course. Of yeah, course. Yeah. He builds heat up with the crowd, and then he gets beaten down. It's, it's classic stuff, and they, it's, it doesn't bury him at all because that's just his – that's his role. And he yeah. can come out on SmackDown and look, look decent, which he did. Um, so it's, it's, it was not a big thing. It was just fun. It was audience-pleasing. But this all went on. Uh, we'll get to the fatal five-way in a second. This went on throughout the entire show with Corbin saying, you know, I'll just find whoever. I'll find somebody to be my ref. Seth beating him down and saying, anyone you find, anyone who considers it, I'll kill him. And, you know, he was a man of his word. At one point, Eric Young was talking to uh, Corbin and just even considering it, and Seth jumped him and beat him down um, and, and throughout the entire show. So I, I liked that. And even to the end of the show where Seth had a match against Daniel Bryan, which, you know, right off the bat, that's something that you would ima- imagine you would see on a pay-per-view. Um, but uh, because of some other stuff that happened with, with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and the New Day, all of these things were involved. So by the end of the show, when, it was, when everything was cleared and it was just Seth and Daniel Bryan yeah. in this match, and Seth goes over completely clean and Baron Corbin comes out to beat him down with a chair, it felt like the payoff to three hours of a storyline, at least when it came to Seth. Yep. And when we get to our pickums later, I have a lot of my crazy fantasy booking stuff that I want to go over, which I think a lot of this is leading to. So again, positioning this as a go home show for a pay per view, even though it is a B show, um, I just I think this is this did a really good job. Maybe one of the better go home shows in recent memory. Yeah. Uh, leading into a pay-per-view of telling the story of the feuds and the matches that were going to happen at the pay-per-view. I mean, just I, I don't have a good memory of WWE kind of landing the plane like this, but they really did this week. And um, it's actually funny for us with our show, the way that we try to run down Raw and, and kind of like, you know, go segment by segment. Usually we go segment by segment. This happened. Then this happened. This also happened over here. It's actually difficult for me to try to wrap up everything that happened on Raw this week because it all seemed to flow into another segment. You know, you had um, Elias flowing into the five-way, which, which flowed into this kind of like the backstage uh, ref hunt with Seth Rollins beating down Baron Corbin, anyone who wanted to be a ref. And that led into this, ish, this thing with KO and Sammy where you had the Kevin Owens show and Baron Corbin saying he was going to announce the ref and that getting broken up by the New Day when uh, EC3 was announced as the new ref and Seth came out and killed EC3 and the New Day came out and propped up EC3 like he was, you know, weekend at Bernie's and made him say, hey, we're, hey I'm, gonna, I'm a WWE official. I'm going to make a match between the New Day and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, which, by the way, poor EC3. That yeah. was humiliating yet again. I got laughed into hard. A match. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it the moment. It was funny, yeah. but it was, it was also like, oh, God. Uh. <laughs> oh, you poor man. Uh, but then that flowed into the match with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and the New Day. Uh, with, uh, sorry, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Baron Corbin versus the New Day, and Kevin Owens and Sami walked out on Baron Corbin, and he got beaten down, and then that flowed into the, everything, all the scuffle that happened with uh, Daniel Bryan and Seth, where Rowan 
basically got uh, Daniel Bryan disqualified. And there was a big brawl with all of these people that I just mentioned coming out and having a big brawl. The ref cleared the ringside and then restarted the match, which, by the way, is also a really good creative decision because you're giving it. We think we're not getting this awesome match. And then we get it, and it's totally just the two guys. Yeah. And then it ends with Corbin beating him down. That whole sequence of events, that was like 80% of the show right there. And I'm so used to being like these, these little one-off segments that breaking all of that down, it's very refreshing yeah. to be able to say all of those things happen. And they were all entertaining. It was a lot of good detail work for the, each of the characters. Uh, you know, I liked a lot of the little details that we were seeing. It was a good use of every single character. You know, with, you made it except EC three. I had a bit of an epiphany while you were while you were going over a lot of that stuff. You know what this is? This this is a Venn diagram. Um, when we did when we had the the coalescing of, of all of them, you couldn't you people suffered because they couldn't get on TV. And then when you had the brand split, you had two completely disparate things that were going on. But if you layer that third circle over each of the other two with the wild card, and you have one cohesive story that transcends both shows. Now it's all starting to kind of come together. And it, yeah. I think that might be what contributed to... I mean, yes, maybe they've just been trying to find their way for the last four to six weeks with this whole wild card thing. And damn, it feels like they finally stuck the landing. Well, and, and I wonder because there was a, certainly a lot of different production uh, techniques too. And I'll get into some of those in a second with how they would have... You know, that we would be following people into backstage areas and things would happen in areas that we wouldn't normally see. I wonder if that's the hand of Bruce Pritchard trying to shake things up or, or what it is. But it definitely felt overall um, like, like cre creatively they were trying some new things yeah. and most of the things they were trying were working. Um, one last thing on this kind of whole major <laughs> you know, angle here. Uh, Brock, Brock Lesnar. Paul Heyman came out to say that Brock's still watching... He could be backstage. He could not be backstage, which, of course, anyone who watches the show is going to just brush off because we all know Brock's not there. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be boring until Brock is actually there. Um, the one time he but, does actually come out. Yeah, but this is just, it's one of those things. We got to read, oh, fine. But no, and no, I, don't no, know I wasn't mad at this. I loved weaving this into all of the other uh, theater that was going on, on, on sure. during the show. I thought it was a nice little thing that they slipped in there to have Paul come out and tease that. And, you know, I would even say at one point, instead of Paul coming out, just kick his music one time, whether he comes out or not. Just in the middle of some kerfuffle that's going on in the ring, like we had several of this week, just kick Brock's music for no reason. Everybody's going to lose their minds, and then he doesn't come out. Just do that one, two, don't do it a third time, but actually have him come out at some point. That is, that's really going to get over with me if they, if they pull that off. Yeah, agreed. And I think that uh, having him continue to continue to tease it, it might pay dividends if they ultimately pull it off the right way and have Brock shock everybody and show up. But it's also just kind of a time kill, and it's 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 people are starting to get over the whole Paul. Like as brilliant as Paul is, and he was brilliant again this week. You know, telling Seth, "I have nothing to do with the. Ref. I'm not going to be the ref. Don't kill me." Um, and putting over that that Brock is still kind of lingering out there and everything. Um, it's, you know, Paul's still brilliant at that, but it's going to be one of those things where if it's week in and week out, we just hear Brock might be here. At some point, it's going to make us numb. And when he finally is there, we're going to throw up our hands as opposed to being like shocked and swerved unless they pull it off. Right. So it's, it's, I'm saying it's a dangerous fine line they're working here. Yeah. No kidding. Um,
But let's move on to talk yes. about that fatal five-way, shall we? The fatal five-way for the number one contendership for the U.S. championship. Ricochet versus Cesaro versus Braun Strowman versus Miz versus Bobby Lashley. Uh, this was really well booked, too. They made every guy, if not look good, then look cool. You know what I mean? Like Lashley and Cesaro both went out pretty quick, but then they came back and helped to eliminate Strowman, uh, which made them look smart. And you end up with uh, with Miz and Ricochet having a decent match. By the way, what was up with Miz's skin this week? Did, like he went into or something. His I don't spray know. His his head was a different shade from his body, <laughs> and his body was the color of the corpse in Return of the Living Dead that got its head cut off. Like it was this sickly yellow. It's like someone someone peed in his spray tan. It was horrific. Um, and that's probably why he lost to Ricochet. Here. Ricochet, Ricochet, your boy. Our boy, the man, is going to be facing Samoa Joe at Stomping Grounds. What do you think about him winning this? Uh, I think it's great. I think it's finally we've split him. You know, finally we've got him doing something on his own, uh, legitimately, aside from teaming with Alistair Black. You know, a month ago, whatever that was, and it's it's fantastic to see him get in here. I like the elements of getting Strowman out and coming back by Cesaro and Lashley. I think Miz and Ricochet was was fun. I'd like to see that uh, at some love- point. I, I loved that Miz tried to do a top rope thing in a match with Ricochet, and I was like, "No, shh, sh- sweetie, no, no, no sweetie, no, 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 don't do, don't do that, don't do that." No. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm, fan- of course, I'm fine with this. Are you kidding me? We're, we're huge Ricochet. Well, but Mark. the reason, right? But the reason I ask if you're fine with this is because you know as well as I do, Joe needs to look good as champ. Ricochet ain't winning this belt. I mean, unless you're picking otherwise on Sunday, uh, I don't see Ricochet picking this up. I would like to see. I think they're going to have a fantastic match. But you know as well as I do, Ricochet's going to go to sleep on Sunday. And I, all I can hope is that they make him look good in this match, even in defeat. Yeah. Because, you know, the first guy to go up against Joe here, I don't think they're going to juggle the U.S. title this much after how much it's been juggled. I think they're going to want to keep it on Joe for a while. And that means that Ricochet is not going to win it here as much as I would like that. Um, so that's why I'm asking if you're okay with this because anybody else – in this match, who was going up against Joe? Obviously, I didn't think Cesaro or Lashley would because heels. Um, Strowman wouldn't. I don't. I, you know, you can't have him lose to Joe at this point. Miz has got yeah. too many other things going on, and you probably don't want him losing to Joe at this point. No, Ricochet is the only guy who you could reasonably have lose to Joe and possibly come out of it still looking fairly, fairly shiny. Or could, or could uh, have a, a running program with him, right? Uh, of of those five, Ricochet is your best choice. To I don't want to say replace, but be a next contender for Samoa Joe as a babyface for that U.S. championship. I'm all over this. I think this is going to be something good. It's a little high flyer versus a a big Samoan uh, submission brawler guy. Sure, I, I'm I'm all over this. Let's yeah, Mr. Divian in our chat in our chat says he's hoping for a DQ. I hope for any kind of schmoz finish yeah. where this continues. You know, I, I I hope it's not just let's put you over hard and have him just murder Ricochet. I'd like to see this be something that continues. Or if it's something where Ricochet you know, drops back into all these other five guys and we still have these five guys chasing the title, I'd be fine with that too. But I'm very excited with what they're doing with the U.S. title, which is one of those hit-and-miss titles where you never know if they're going to do it, do it right or if it's going to get kind of forgotten about. So very yeah. happy with what they're doing here. And uh, DJ Butters in the chat said he wants a muscle buster that because Ricochet could sell the shit out of it. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna say a Tyson kid one time, and I don't want that to happen to Ricochet. So I'm I okay without the Joe's, muscle buster. 
I don't think Joe's allowed to do in the WWE anymore. I think after Tyson Kidd, he's he's been teasing it because it yeah. scares the crap out of people. I don't think he'll do it. It's why they made that's why they gave him a submission finisher instead. Yeah. Even though the first time he locked that on Seth Rollins, he snapped his leg. Uh, <laughs> but you know, hey, no one's no one's calling out for Joe's head like they do with Nia Jax, right, Nick? Uh, so let's move on to uh, Roman Reigns, another guy who you and I like, and everyone kind of craps on a lot. Was it just me, or was the Roman Reigns that we saw this Monday night exactly how they should be doing Roman Reigns? He comes out, says a very few words, and calls out Shane and and uh, Drew McIntyre, who are hiding in the back, having a little party with the Revival in a nice little suite. Which, by the way, they showed us where they were. The camera uh, went into the back through the audience, and we saw the Revival walking down the hallway. We followed the Revival into the room where they all are. So we know exactly where it is in, ter- in relationship to the ring, which I thought was brilliant. Uh, really well done. And we even had a nice little bit back there where uh, uh, Heath Ledger came in to ask for a raise and, and uh, Shane said, no. Drew McIntyre followed Heath out into the, the hallway and said, hey, we go way back, buddy, which was a nice little I was going call, back to, call back to 3MB. Oh, it's going to happen. it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Drew McIntyre pulled out some money like he was going to give Heath some money and then like accidentally dropped it on the floor. And when Heath bent down to pick it up, Drew absolutely murdered him. And he looked like he looked terrifying murdering Heath Slater. He was getting, you know, they had to get pulled off by uh, by the revival and by Shane and a bunch of nice little character notes here. How crazy Drew is, how Drew is. I mean, they made him look like a true psychopath here, how callous Shane is and how the revival now they're all like dressed in little you know, like they're dressed nicely now, but they're like, you know, sc- scrambling to pick up Drew's money after uh, they all pull him off of, of Heath. Lots of nice little character notes here. So Roman says, look, I know you guys are in the back. Why don't you come out and, and face me face to face? And they're in the back going, yeah, no, Roman, we're not going to do that. And by the way, uh, Drew's going to disfigure you on Sunday and make it so that even your kids don't recognize you. And as soon as they say that, Roman doesn't say anything. He just up and walks out of the ring, walks straight into the back, walks straight into that room, kicks all their asses, drags Shane, chases Shane, by the way, out to the ring, uh, does an incredible leap over the barricade to take Shane out, and then kicks his ass in the ring. And, uh, I mean, all of this was what we want to see from Roman, isn't it? Yeah, totally. I have to rib you about one thing, though. Did you just watch The Dark Knight by chance? Crawl to the back and tell Drew I'll beat his ass on Sunday. One line, throws down the mic, leaves. Yeah, That's classic Roman. Why do you ask about Dark Knight? Because uh, uh, the chat's giving you a lot of shit right now because apparently you said Heath Ledger instead of Heath Slater. <laughs> so I wanted to make a correction. Rest in peace, he- peace Heath Ledger. Rest in peace, Heath Ledger. Best Batman ever. Best Batman. Uh, best Joker ever. See, I'm yeah. even messing it up. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I miss well, Heath I'll Ledger. The- he was so good. Well, at this point, I think Heath Slater is dead, too, after what <laughs> Drew did to him. So... <laughs> Uh, where's my tequila? He's got kids. He's got kids. He, well, but his, no, do his I, kids I think, have him anymore? Well, so I, no, think, back, I think this is the Roman best Reigns, way though. to represent Roman. I think they. this is what we wanted to see. I also want to call out that it was nice that we had a bit of a break from Roman last week. He wasn't you know, spread across everything that we watched in WWE. It wasn't Monday Night Raw starring Roman Reigns, produced and directed by Roman Reigns, and you know, as an aside, acted out by Roman, written by Roman Reigns. We had no Roman Reigns last week. Nope. Getting a nice, brief backstage segment, go out to the rings, I'm going to come kick your ass, Drew, and goes, yeah, this is what we want. Yeah. 
Man of few words, family man, don't talk shit about his family. And if you talk shit, I will go find you, kick your ass, leave you in the ring, and one-liner, and I'm out. Great. Perfect. Don't give us the long suffering succotash speeches. Don't make him pontificate. Don't make him try. Hey, y'all, how you doing, y'all? Yeah, you. This is this is what made Roman in the Shield. Silent killer, like, man of few words. Silent killer, man of action. Mwah. Do this, and and making Drew out to be a monster psychopath, which gave him a little bit of distance from being Shane's goon, was great as well. So yeah, I didn't mind this at all. And frankly, it also. Uh, aside from the sound issues when they first went back to that back area, I didn't mind the time they gave Shane because this to me felt like the appropriate, like if you're going to have Shane be the heel authority figure, this was the appropriate amount of time for it and he gets his comeuppance at the end of the show. Wasn't that what we said we always liked about the Attitude Era with the original authority angle, Stone Cold and Mr. McMahon? Mr. McMahon got his comeuppance at the end of almost every damn show, right? That was one of the things we liked about it. Yep. Not like he gets away. With, with Triple H and Stephanie, they always seem to get away with it at the end of the show. They always came out on top. And that was like, uh, for, you know, it wasn't as fun. Yep. So no, it made the authority, like this. Uh, that authority angle that with them was just awful. Anyway, mm. Seth was the best part of that whole thing anyway. Uh, yeah, so really good stuff this week uh, up to so far. Let's talk about uh, Becky Lynch and Lacey Evans because they had a lot to say. Um, it was another one of those side-by-side backstage interview things, and it's what's funny is they were probably sitting in the same room just on different cameras. You know? you remember, I think you're remembering last week's Raw, because this week Becky was in the ring and saying, I'm going to kick Lacey's butt. Lacey came out and said, you're oh, not going to kick my butt. You, don't, totally know, you right. don't know where I came from. She started from. lifting her skirt and doing all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, right. Um, you know, one thing she wasn't doing is asking Becky uh, where she, you know, she knows how she got her scars. She, she didn't ask her that, and she didn't ask Becky why she's so serious. But what she did do was ask Becky if she knew where she came from. Becky said, yes, I do know that. You're a Marine. Uh, you know, you did all these amazing things, but look at you now. So from uh, on paper, I thought this, this dynamic was good, wh- wh- what Becky was saying and what Lacey was saying. It didn't play out as well on TV. And one thing that I just want to point out was, you know, it's, it's, we can't really escape the fact that Becky and Seth are dating. They like to make a big deal out of it. Not even a big deal. Out, they'd like to point it out. But the Becky Lynch, the man character, originally, I felt was more of like a, a silent ass kicker, like, you know, woman of few words, I'm here to kick ass and leave. Yeah. And now she's become someone who holds up her belt and says, I'm going to kick your ass. Um, and, you know, granted, Lacey got in the ring and the first thing Becky did was give her a Bexploder and then walk away, which was great. But to me, I felt, I felt like Seth has been. I like what they're doing with Seth, too. But Seth has been more of what Becky is or was on this show. And I feel like Becky should be more of what Seth was doing on this show. That's a good point. Seth is doing – Seth did this week what I've kind of wanted Becky to do all along and what I thought she would eventually do. Like I, kept, I remember I kept saying she's going to have her moment. She's going to have her big anti-authority uh, – just breakout or a thing, right? That we're all going to remember. And it just never happened. It fizzled out. Charlotte got involved. Bleh. But I think Seth now is tapping into, you're right. It's what we've always kind of wanted her to do. And I'm wondering if they're figuring out how to maybe bring that back a little bit with this juxtaposition with Lacey. Because they're almost just complete opposites, but they're playing really well off of each other. I'm not mad at this. I think this is going really well. Better than I'm I expected I'm not mad at it, it but I'm not... But I'm not really, I'm not super excited about it either. Like, this was not a good go home for yeah. me. Um, although I am curious because Becky did stand tall 
And if Lacey loses on Sunday, it's going to really undercut her. Yeah. Uh, you know, looking like she, like Becky just whooped her here. And unless she brings, unless something happens on Sunday, um, it's really going to, uh, I don't know. I don't know who they're going to, what they're going to do with Becky after this even. Yeah. So we shall, we shall see. But speaking of the women's division, the Iconics, Iconics had a match against Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. Mm-hmm. We actually had a women's tag team match, a championship match where there was a legitimate team going up against the Iconics. And by God, the Iconics won. Now, that was because Becky came out to ringside and distracted Alexa and Nikki because uh, Bailey has a match with Alexa on Sunday, and Alexa was talking smack about her and saying she's a horrible person to Nikki backstage. And Nikki was like, you don't think? You think she's a bad person? I don't know. Eh, I'm little Nikki, and I'm talking soft now because I'm not crazy anymore. Um, <laughs> so I don't get but Nikki ate the pin because of Be- Bailey's interference. And afterwards, Nikki basically was like, oh, my God, Alexa, you were right. She is a bad person. Now I'm going to be in your corner on a Sunday because I don't like Becky. I'm a killer. Um, which, okay. I, I, again, I liked how they built this story. I, I'm kind of sick of the whole Alexa manipulating people. But this is actually working for me. Um, Bailey looks like she is a proactive champ as well. I don't think she did anything she did was, was heelish. It all seemed like it made sense. And the Iconics got a good win. This was also all, I thought, well done. Yeah. You had the Iconics get a, a, get a win, a clean win, relatively, over a significant team. You built the Alexa-Bailey feud. You built the relationship between Nikki and Alexa. Good stuff. Do you see this going towards... Uh... I don't want to say, I mean, Alexa does not have a good history with treating her friends, a.k.a. Nia Jax, Mickey James, et cetera, and they even called that out. I think Bailey even called that out. Is this going to turn into another gimmick where she ends up just manipulating Nikki Cross and screwing her over for her title opportunity for against Bailey that it there seems like they're building towards? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I think I don't, I, it depends on if Bailey retains on Sunday. Doesn't it? I, I just don't see Nikki Cross coming out of this in a in a good way, honestly. So I I, I don't have faith in that yet. It's all about Nikki. Or I'm sorry. It's all about Alexa Bliss and uh, and Bailey at the moment. And I'm not mad at that either. You know, let's let's see where this no. goes. It's not. Charlotte. I wasn't. It's I was initially it's not Charlotte. Oh, it's mini Charlotte. We got mini Charlotte on Tuesday. We got Southern Charlotte on Monday. So, I, you know, I, we're not out of the Charlotte woods yet. We have the Charlotte clones. I was initially mad at Alexa Bliss Bailey. I'm getting less so because they're doing some interesting things with Nikki Cross here. Um, Much I'm still like they're doing over in the men's division, they're doing some of that similar kind of crossover uh, stuff, interweaving of different feuds uh, in the women's division as well. And I'm, I love this. This this is yeah. one of the reasons I was so high on Raw and SmackDown this week is because they really did a good job of, with yeah. that. It was something that I hadn't seen done to this extent uh, Well, recently. here's something that I know you didn't see because you watched the Hulu edition, didn't I you? I did. Okay, so you didn't see the club start to reform. No, but I read about it. I heard about it. Okay. I, all, all of my, the, the, the cockles and the subcockles started tingling and, you know. That sounds very strange. Have you yes, been please. using Arm and Hammer uh, powder? No, uh, it's uh, just a little uh, shake gives you a tingle. Apparently, have some bath salts, something like that. Uh, <laughs> don't, <laughs> God, don't, don't, don't eat someone's face if you're using bath salts. Uh, no, so this is this was uh, AJ Styles was trying to give Gallows and Anderson a pep talk, saying you guys have just been slacking off. You should be so much better. And they said, well, we'll try to be better. And they went out and lost to the Usos, and AJ was frustrated. This is 
according to all reports, and I, the reports I'm 100% are true, they're going to Japan within the next couple of weeks. They're doing a Japan tour. And the rumor, uh, and it seems to be coming true, is that they're going to reform uh, at least this iteration of the Bullet Club or the club in the WWE, which, of course, all three guys, AJ Styles, Gallus, and Anderson, were all in Bullet Club in Japan back in the day. No Finn Balor love? Uh, gonna, well, uh, the return of Prince Devitt, maybe? I mean, he's also on... Well, he's on SmackDown now, is he not? I can't even keep track I anymore. Can't, I, I have zero idea who's on what brand anymore, and I don't he's really on, care. <laughs> He's on SmackDown. He's on okay. SmackDown. Uh, I, but yeah, I, I saw that's why they're trying to do it on Raw is that just this version of it. But, you know, AJ and Finn were never the leader of the Bullet Club at the same time. So having all four guys there would be a little weird because you'd have that leadership yeah. dynamic. But, Which would um, make it fun. But, the, but also the club in WWE was AJ Gallows and Anderson. So they're trying to keep a little bit to their own kayfabe. But the thing is, is do you think this is um, kind of tone deaf? For WWE to put together the Bullet Club when they never, ever once did them justice in the WWE. The only thing that they did do was the whole AJ and the Good Brothers with the beat up John Cena thing, if I'm remembering correctly, a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I don't know that they've ever really tried to make a faction out of it. If they went all in and did a faction out of it and called them the Phenomenal Ones or something, right? It, it just, I'm throwing something out there. It, it, dive into it. Go all in on it and invest in it. You know, it, it could be really, really good, uh, especially as good as we know as Carl uh, uh, Anderson and Gallows are, as good as AJ Styles are. So I sure throw Finn I mean, Balor in there too as a dynamic. Well, and holy I don't, I, shit, again, you've got my attention. I don't see this. I, I you know I think it's going to be a one off in Japan, and then they just forget about it. Because I think Gallows and Anderson are out in the fall when their contracts expire. So I would love to see them actually reform this for real and have this be a faction going forward. Because I would love to see these guys work together. But I, yeah. it might that might just be my nostalgia factor working, and it's just it would be uh, something that WWE couldn't do right. Word is you though, know? those boys like being home instead of in Japan. So they got a nice big houses in Florida now. And well, you know, you know, you know what else is in Florida, Nick? I'm not saying, I'm just saying Jackson, Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. A couple, couple last things on raw, the firefly Funhouse. We had another iteration of that. This was full of, this one felt a little bit more of a symbolic one to me, uh, where Bray Wyatt was talking about, you know, he's about use, you know, it's, it's hard to even, still with this guy, it's hard for me to wrap my head around all the things that he says in his promos because he, 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 he stocks so much in there. Um, he compared our minds to gardens. You know, he, like you have to feed your mind so that it can grow. Um, he knows what it feels like to be left out, which is why he created the fun house for, for himself and for all of us. And he showed all the characters. And then it ended with this long, drawn-out montage uh, almost like the radio turning the dials and all di- different kinds of musical versions of the Muscle Man dance, um, and repeating "Let Me In" and "Follow the Leader" and all this other stuff. So it feels to me like Firefly Funhouse is coming to its its climax, and we're going to get a Bray Wyatt debut probably after st- uh, Stomping Grounds. Is that what it felt like to you as well? Absolutely, and I would not be surprised. I just don't know if there's anything on the Stomping Grounds card where it would work for him to show up. I agree with you. It's probably not going to happen until afterwards. So let's see what happens next week. Uh, but I would not rule out an appearance by The Fiend somewhere uh, at Stomping Grounds. 
just as a quick. Hmm. You think he's of, the ref? The Seth ref? Holy shit! You just blew my mind. <laughs> it's it's not going to happen. It's no, that's be not going to happen. Too that much would be story amazing, though, if if it turns out that Bray Wyatt is the special guest referee, or or I don't know, uh, Ramblin' Rabbit is the special guest referee. <laughs> Randall and Rabbit, future 24-7 title yes, holder. Yes, Well, especially now that little old... Well, I don't want to spoil that. Never mind. Uh, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, we did, speaking of which, uh, the 24-7 title was teased a little bit yeah, briefly. It, it, it was randomly, R-Truth and Carmella were randomly sitting in the audience, and they got chased off. Right. Yeah, you know, fine, fun. Uh, and then also we had the Viking Raider War Machine experience showed up. Uh, they had a squash match. Yay, at least Yay. they're still getting those... It feels to me a little bit AOP-ish, you know, at this point where they don't know what to do with them. So I'll have them squash people for a while. Uh, hopefully it's leading somewhere. We'll yep. see. And it is still entertaining to watch them kill people. So I can't be mad at that. But also entertaining this week, Nick. Not as entertaining as Raw, but still pretty good. We got to go over and talk about SmackDown Live. This episode of SmackDown Live is all about... The New Day. It was New Holy Day smokes. all day. That, new like, Day they had, all They day. were a part of like every match, every backstage. They were everywhere. They were just all over the place. Well, so. they, were, they were in a lot of it. There were some that they weren't in, but there was a lot. There was a lot of the New Day. And I'm not mad at that because they're really goddamn entertaining. We've started off with uh, the New Day all out in the ring celebrating. And, uh, of course, out came Dolph Ziggler to rain on the parade and say that it should have been him. He's going to beat up Kofi in the steel cage on Sunday, blah, blah. This was a talking segment that went on too long for me, but it did end up with uh, Dolph Ziggler and Xavier Woods in a match and Dolph saying that he was going to get his revenge on Xavier for interfering in the match at Super Showdown. And uh, he was going to you know, teach Xavier a lesson and show Kofi what he was going to do to him, blah, blah, blah. It ended with uh, Xavier getting, quote, tangled in the ropes, which looked like a botched rope tangle spot, and Dolph kicking the crap out of him and getting the pin. Well, I'm just going to, we'll start with this match and then we'll move forward with the rest of it. Okay. Do you think that, I mean, was this a good way to build towards that match on, on Sunday with Kofi where, Hey, I'm going to take out one of your friends. Um, and was that effective or was it just not effective enough? Like a good concept, but not effective enough. Yeah. I don't know if it got the point across or if it, it made me any more excited about the, the matchup on Sunday, which I think was the purpose of it. Or if it was meant for Dolph to take out Woods so that he couldn't be there to help Kofi on Sunday, whatever meta story that they were trying to tell there, it, it was fun. They put on a decent match. You know, it's and then Dolph giving his it should have been me. I, you know, a lot of people shit all over this. I'm I'm actually this is, I think, what he should have done when he came back with the record scratching stuff. I like this. Oh, he's, I like he's, this a lot, a lot better than some, that. Oh, God, yes. It, it's he's giving some fire promos off the he's back of this. He's always been a fire promo. This they have to give him material to work with. Dolph is going to give him like 110 percent on any promo you give him. It's one of the things that makes him. You know, makes me really like him is that the dude commits. Um, it's just, it's a little bit flat. It's not really that exciting what they're giving him to work with here. Um, Does it become it, useless it, if he doesn't actually get the title off of Kofi? Yeah, it it's just, it makes him, yeah, it makes another trend. I mean, it, it's just, it reinforces, it's, it's going to be another Ziggler finish where he comes in, talks all the smack, and then loses and pff, he's gone. Yeah, um, I think the commentary even said, "What does he do if he loses? Go back on his comedy tour? Yeah, that's what it's gonna 
feel exactly. like. And it's just going to be – it's going to be less and less. Every time we see Dolph come in, we're like, oh, we know what he's here for. He's either going to put over some NXT guy and, and ruin their call-up or he's going to come in, feud with somebody, kind of half make them look good, and then leave. Um, and, and frankly, I think the end of this match with – by the way, real quick, this match with, match with Xavier was also great because we all know Dolph's a great wrestler. People forget Xavier is a great wrestler too. And then he looked fantastic in this match. I agree. Um, I, the I, only problem. I wasn't mad at any of this. No, I was mad at the finish because yeah. Dolph said, "I'm going to teach Xavier a lesson, and then Kofi, you're gonna you're gonna feel it." He should have murdered Xavier after this match, and all he did was he barely even he didn't even time up in the ropes properly, so it didn't feel like a you know real punishing finish. Uh, and then he didn't punish him after the match, so it just felt like, "Yeah, oh, I beat him. All right, I'm out. Cool." So yeah, it did at that. It didn't have enough. It didn't have enough for this to be the go home for that match yeah. to me. But um, but that being said, that was not the only thing we had with the New Day this evening. We also had Kofi Kingston teaming up with Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn uh, accosted Shane as he was coming to the arena and said that uh, they were sick and tired of the shenanigans of the New Day. And Shane said, okay, well, fine. Well, you guys can... Uh, the New Day and Shane, uh, excuse me, Seth running around with a chair. So Shane said, fine, why don't you take care of him and you can face off against the two champions of the WWE, which in a, in a two out of three falls match, which ended as you would expect with the two champs going two for two and pinning the respective, uh, uh, see, it was uh, Sammy went out first with uh, Kofi pinning him and then uh, Seth pinned Kevin Owens to end the show. So what did you think about the champions going two for two here? Uh, do you think this is a burial of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, or are they just at this point role players? No, they're role players, and I, I think it's it's not terrible for them because they can take it and they'll be fine. I, right. Especially KO, I don't I'm I don't have a, a verdict on Sami quite yet. I don't know what's going on there or what they intend to do with him. We're getting at some point those two are going to break up, and we're going to have Kevin versus Sami Zayn version twenty seven, which is fine. We all love that. But I don't know how long this goes, and Sammy can m- maintain relevance. You know, this was welcome back to the the KO show, and Sammy's sitting there, legs akimbo, and just it's all Kevin. It's the whole thing is all Kevin. So then we get to the match, and you know they can take the loss; they're going to be fine. Uh, I actually liked that they went they won this. I think it would have been really really bad had you had KO and Sammy beat them in a tag match. It would have made no sense. You yeah. want to have two guys who feel like legitimate threats, but at the same time, you want your two champions to look strong. And that's exactly what they did here. Uh, you even had Kofi come out and, and uh, get an immediate pin on Sami Zayn. He gave him a finishing move. He gave him Trouble in Paradise. First thing, boom, one, two, three. They get a win right out the gate. That's great. It makes Kofi look like a million bucks. It makes Seth look like a million bucks to then be able to take out Kevin Owens at the end. It's what you want your champs to do going into a pay-per-view where – uh, ultimately, we did find out that Kevin Owens and, and Sami Zayn will be facing Big E and uh, Xavier Woods. But, um, you know, aside from that, uh, we want them to look strong Go, is basically what, what I was getting to. Yeah. Uh, and they did. And they did. So, yeah. uh, so this, this kind of shenaniganry continued throughout the show. Uh, we, then we had Miz getting into it with uh, Drew McIntyre, Elias, Shane McMahon, um, and they say Miz comes out to accost them. Uh, Shane yes. calls his dad a p- baked potato again. You know, all of that. All of <laughs> this stuff continues. Old. It just doesn't get old. It's still funny every single time. 
Uh, so, and then he was even wearing that meme shirt of his dad that somebody made with mood with uh, with Mr. Miz with the, with the fists up. <laughs> Uh, but then he, uh, Shane says, you know what? You're going to have a tag match right now, uh, but you've got 10 seconds to find a partner. And they start counting. And out of nowhere, R-Truth pops out of the audience and tries to jump back over the barricade. Miz calls him out. We have a, we have a tag match with R-Truth and Miz. Uh, okay. okay. I mean, well, what did before you think we get to this? this? Before we get to this match, I want to say that, you know, one thing that I, I'm of two minds on was the Miz's speech here? Because you know you had Shane and Drew and everyone come out the ring and and Elias uh, come out and complain about Roman and you know say hey we're still the the big you know whatever he's gloating saying can't believe Roman interrupted our party on Monday that 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 bum yeah and the Miz comes out but he cuts an interesting promo where first of all very much audience fan service but one of the things he says is uh, some of the things we're all thinking like. Hey Shane, why are you taking up so much time on these shows? Um, you're kind of hogging the spotlight. I'm not finished with you. That all that kind of thing. That lit the crowd up. <laughs> it really did. It really did. Uh, what do you think about WWE or The Miz or whoever greenlit this, saying, "Yeah, we know we're giving Shane too much time." Is this is uh, this because I'm a couple different minds? Like I said on this, is this them poking fun at themselves and? in in a lighthearted way and and entertaining at that or is this is this them admitting that they're trolling us with Shane um and saying yeah we know we're doing that what what's wrong with it oh uh, shucks you figured us out <laughs> yeah, yeah you know what i mean like where where does this fall or is this them saying yeah we know we did that sorry about that ha ha let's have a laugh about it and move on in which case it's like why if you know it's a problem why not fix it in the first place and not have to have the miz make a joke about it uh, or make a I, point about it you know because it because it's a good time it's it's great babyface calling things out like that we've seen we've seen cena do that over the years we've seen roman even do it to an extent you know we we've we've seen him do it in nxt to an extent calling attention to some of the things that the fans are vocal about online and, and in reviews and things so yeah i'm i'm okay with this and it's perfect for someone in a babyface role to come out and and rile up the crowd like that by calling attention to what the evil organization is doing because we all agree so it's kind of just riding that. That's just a way to get to get them bigger and better. I'm, I'm all for it. I think it was fantastic. I loved this this promo by Miz. I I, well, I thought the promo as a whole was great, and I like the fact that again, as we said, the the through lines of storylines were keeping the Miz and his history with Shane in the mix, um, and so that way you can you can kind of plug and play with a lot of these different characters, uh, depending on the scenario, which frankly feels a lot like some of the best television in raw history like yeah. calls back to that where you have a cast of characters and they all have their personal histories with, with with each other and at any point you can call back to that history and have an interesting interaction or feud or match or whatever um and in this particular case with the miz and shane here um i i liked that i liked what the miz said but it does make me wonder because at the same time, I think about what they're trying to do with Shane and the kind of authority figure that, that he is. If they are indeed trying to troll us with him and have him come out and take up all this airtime and make us go, oh, my God, we're so sick of you, Shane, which is one way of getting heat, I suppose. But the unfortunate thing is in the modern era, you can't do that. You can't bore people. 
You can't bore people to try and get an annoyed reaction because they'll just click to another channel. They'll leave. They'll stop watching your show. You need to be constantly entertaining. So it's hard to do a heel like what they're trying to do with Shane right now uh, and not have him be off-putting. Yeah. Right. He's got to ha- he's got to be more proactive. He's got to have more action to him and less coming out and gloating and talking and that sort of thing. So I, I feel like I, here's the thing. I have no problem with the idea of Shane being the lead authority figure and the guy who's kind of fomenting a lot of these feuds. I have no problem with that. In theory, I have no problem with what they're doing with Shane in terms of his role with these guys. But the execution has been the issue, yeah. and it's what's making people nuts. No one's going to argue that Shane is an entertaining guy, but for some reason he has not been entertaining here. And that's, I, that's something that they, they've got to fix. Yeah, no, I agree. Can we track this all the way back to Miz's father getting involved in even the promos leading to the best in the world tag team before they ever split up? You know, Miz cutting those promos about his, he just wanted to make his father proud. This has been running for like six months now. <laughs> We've been on this train with The Miz. Uh, and is it fair to say that Mr. Miz is responsible ultimately, even in, in just if just in a meta sense, for, for Miz being as over as he is as a babyface right now? Is it all Mr. Miz is doing behind the scenes? Yeah, I think it didn't hurt, but at the same time, I think it was just an element of it. You know, it's, it's Miz actually, ha- like, he's able to portray a good, fiery babyface. He really is. He can go out there, and, and even when he was a heel, once he really clicked about two or three years ago, like maybe a year after Miz Dow, he really clicked. When, when, I mean, a lot of people would say it was with the promo on Talking Smack with Daniel Bryan. Right around there, he clicked as a heel. Fine. Like he's, he's been decent on and off for a long time, but that was when he really just took it to the next level yep. and figured out how to just make it all work. And he's always been such a good promo, but he, was, he became so entertaining that even when the crowd hated him, he was kind of like, like what you see with Undisputed Era in NXT right now, where they're such scumbags, but you kind of you, you wink at them, you like them a little bit. You know what I mean? You, you still boo them. Yeah. You still know to boo them, and you have no problem booing them. But he nailed that, that line. So when he turned face, he already knew how to have the audience in the palm of his hand. So I think it's a lot of him. The storyline was, was, was secondary. So. I'm anxious to see where this goes. Um, let's see what happens. Uh, I'm, I'm still kind of on board with this. I, I, I wanted Miz and Shane to be done. I thought Shane had moved on to Roman, but apparently not. Apparently Miz is still, you know, this, this, it's going around in circles between Roman and Miz, circling around Shane alongside Drew McIntyre and Elias, you know, throw some revival in there. To, I, I am okay with this whole, you know, landscape of things that are going on right now because they're making it dynamic. They're making it come at you from different angles that you didn't really expect. This is what is really good about this. It's not any one particular feud or individual. Let's let's clarify. They did a good job of it this week. (laughs) This is not necessarily a trend yet. Miss Shill still won at WrestleMania. I'm just saying. What? What? Miss still should have won at WrestleMania. I'm just saying. We shouldn't have. No, we shouldn't have. Yes, he should have. He absolutely shouldn't have. Shane needs to have the the the, he's the best in the world. Yeah. He's the best in he's the hold on, <clears throat> he's the best in the world. Sorry. Yep. <clears throat> moving on, moving on. Bailey 
was on a moment of bliss again. And I don't know about you, Nick. If anyone remembers the last time she and Alexa had a feud, this was the moment I was dreading. Was her, along with Alexa Bliss, in a promo off? I, I, I had, I, it gave me pause. <laughs> I'll put it that way. I, I was worried. Yeah. It was really good. It was fantastic. It was good. You ha- I mean, both of them, I, I can't get into all the points that they made, but basically it, it turned into the two of them having a promo off in each other's face. And Alexa is still going to promo Bailey's shoes off. But Bailey, she held up her end of the thing. They called out a bunch of points about each other. Alexa called Bailey a transitional champ. Uh, Bailey said, "You're just using Nikki Cross. Uh, you're a little user, and you know you're you're not actually any good." Uh, this was fantastic, but it ended up with a beatdown. Bailey left lying on the floor after taking a microphone to the ear from Nikki Cross. Uh, this what did this redeem? Them from the Bailey, this is your life stuff. Is this what we should have been seeing all along? Yeah, I wish. I wish this was what we had been seeing all along. No kendo on a stick matches. Kendo stick on a pole match. Kendo on a stick. Kendo stick on a pole matches. None of that kind of stuff. But I, actual hey, throw. What? I, I, I'm just saying. At least, at least we're not getting Nikki Cross on a pole match. <laughs> Thank goodness. You're not going to put Nikki Cross on a pole. Really? What are you going to play tetherball with Nikki Cross? That's what I'm saying. We're not getting that. Vince, Rose, Vince Russo has left the building. We're going to actually get a straight-up match, and, and Nikki's going to be in Alexa's corner. This is interesting. I mean, I think it makes you feel like Bailey is legitimately threatened by the two of these, well, these women because of the way that they've built the whole dynamic. So yeah. I loved this, too. I, I, my God, I just said I loved a Bailey and Alexa Bliss segment. What, the, what is the world coming to? Exactly. Oh, yep. My goodness. Um. Yeah, so I'm, now I'm excited for that match as well. We did have a few other feuds get built on SmackDown. You had Heavy Machinery. They had a match with the B team trying to show off to Daniel Bryan and Rowan who were on commentary. That's right. We had two doses of Daniel Bryan and Rowan this week. All right. Um, Heavy Machinery won the match, and then the B team got beaten down by Seth because they were shown in the back considering Baron Corbin's referee offer. <laughs> Seth, once again, murdering people. Fantastic. Um, Two interesting things here. One, Daniel Bryan said heavy machinery fool around too much. If they would take things seriously, they could be a real threat. And, you know, it's funny. It's almost like Daniel Bryan's character is, I'm going to say the uncomfortable truths that you know are right, but you hate hearing. Yeah. Because that's, it's, he's absolutely right. I was so, the second that heavy machinery came out doing the bushwhacker walk and they were fooling around and Otis does the damn caterpillar every match now, I'm just sitting here going, uh, uh, they're a comedy jobber team. And as soon as Daniel Bryan goes, if they just be serious, they could, you know, they could actually do something. I was like, yes, you're right. You're right. My God. It's and then so even true. complimented the compactor at the end that gave the yeah. heavy machinery the victory. So they were like, well, that's, that's actually a really formidable move right there. So, <laughs> and, it, and honestly, I love the way that Tucker now flies up in the air and comes down as well. That's a nice little addition to what it used yeah. to be in NXT. It looks fantastic. Yeah. It's a great finisher. It, it um, really is. Yeah, an example so, of an actual legitimate tag team. Fans of the show will know what I'm talking about. Referring to yeah, and you, what you, and, and big hosses. It's a big hoss and a yeah. tag team. So right. mix and love. Oh. Um, but that being said, I'm uh, now I'm looking forward to the match on B-team Sunday. Team and heavy Daniel- machinery in one match. Be still, my heart. Oh, Be still, Jesus. my heart. Yeah, I was, I was, I was entertained by Daniel Bryan, and I was entertained by Rowan because Rowan shirt watch time. Rowan shirt Rowan watch. Sh- Rowan shirt watch time. Glory Hammer on Monday. We had two this week. Yes. Two for two. Glory Hammer Don't know on them. Monday, which I 
have to admit, he stumped me on that one. Um, but, you know, it took a listen. Yeah, all right. He and, didn't stump uh, me on the second one, though. There, no, I'm a big I've, fan of that one. <laughs> corrosion of conformity. Not my favorite, but I like the harder stuff. So what are you going to yeah. do? Um, but, yeah, corrosion of conformity. All right, so a classic. But, uh, yeah, so so two for two from Rowan this week. Good job, buddy. Very nice. Very, Very nice. nice. Also, more feuds we had built. Uh, Andrade Cien Almas attacked Apollo Cruz after Apollo Cruz was distracted by a very sexy Zelina Vega who was looking at herself in the mirror and then sort of like pretending to come on to him. Um, and then also Chad Gable is taking notes again. I don't know what that was. Um, <laughs> I'm still not sure what they're doing with this feud. Like why Apollo Cruz? Why Andrade? Does Andrade just need to get his steam back after being murdered by Finn Balor, the demon? Um, I'm not really sure. Yeah, I don't know why Gable's taking notes either. I don't know what the heck's going on with that. Didn't what? he go to 205 Live? Like, well, I, 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 I are confused. Maybe it was a one-off. I don't know. Maybe they're testing it. I don't know. Uh, I would love to see more of him on 205 Live, though. So yes, we man. also had uh, Ember Moon finally snapped on Mandy and Sonya. Mandy. Mandy. Um, yeah. So she waited a week after they broke her uh, her Nintendo Switch. She waited a week. And she got herself a nice little like feathery Paulette on one, yeah, Paulette on one shoulder. Uh, went over and confronted the two ladies, and then beat the crap out of them, jumped them. The nerd rage did come out of Ember Moon, and uh, particularly she kind of knocked Mandy over and knocked all the donuts out of her hand. I don't know what that was, but then she jumped Sonya, and she and Sonya exchanged some very stiff-looking strikes. And I'm not gonna lie. I went from being like, eh, what is this, to, ooh, I would love to see an Ember Moon Sonya Deville match now. <laughs> Hello. 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 Yeah, I can get behind this. Uh, I would love to see Sonya be. So when, they, when these two first teamed up and they started getting some action earlier this year, we would see Mandy in the ring with Sonya floating ringside. I'd actually like to flip that. I'd love to see Sonya Deville as the fighter in the ring with Mandy, not as quite as a valet, but as a as a ringside compatriot. So, I, yeah, give me a feud with Ember Moon and Sonya Deville with Mandy Rose at ringside. You have my attention. I'm very Thanks. excited, especially after what we saw this week. I'm I'm well, very excited about the. And remember last year. week, you were wondering who was going to team up with Ember Moon to take them on. We did see Carmella interact with Ember Moon and say, "Yeah, I've got some beef with them too." So. We are right there. We have a couple of different uh, iterations, a couple of different ways you can you can mix and match this all up. Mm-hmm. Speaking of matching up, the Kabuki Warriors. Oh, God, I said it, Nick. Oh, I got I said it. Uh, the Kabuki Warriors. Well, they I, chose the name, we got there, we got an actual sighting of AOP. We did, yeah, very briefly. In the hallway, very briefly. yes. Yes. And yes. the Iconics like, oh, look at those boys. Oh, oh, oh. Very nice, very nice. Yeah, all right. I'll put some shrimp on that, Bobby. Very. <laughs> um, yeah, but then uh, the Kabuki Warriors showed up standing there with Paige looking very awkward like they were just standing in the hall for no reason and uh, told the Iconics that they had a match against them in Japan. Now, it was a non-title match, which I think we can all see where this is headed. The Iconics are going to get murdered yeah. by the two Japanese women in Japan for a large hometown ovation. Joshi but style. <laughs> I, well, I hope so. Yeah. But uh, it will not be for the titles, so they'll get a title shot when they come back to the U.S., which I, the Iconics will probably sneak away with. But eh, this was awkward, but I still look forward to seeing these four ladies finally get in the ring together. Um, I still love the Iconics, and I like the fact that at least they won a couple of matches. Yeah. So they look, they feel a little bit more legitimate, even if they're squirrely heels. I want to see them win matches against real opponents, even if they cheat to win. It's fine. Just give them 
The match. The only cringy part of this was Paige doing their iconic thing with the Kabuki Warrior, and I was just like, oh, God. What? Don't do that. Don't do that. Why, why, did, why was that? Not, you, you did fine. The whole thing was fine. I didn't like how Oscar well, just felt like another person here. Yeah. Like she feels so much less yeah. than this. Uh, that's what that's not the was. woman that had the longest undefeated streak as a woman in history. Nope. She's just, I'm just, she's I'm just, just here. She's uh-huh. just uh-huh. Uh, Kabuki warrior. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, you had someone who was built up to be such a killer and you turned her into this kind of silly little koopy doll. And I just, I don't, it reminds me of Tajiri. Remember when Tajiri was one of the most feared guys in ECW and they came to WWE and he was like William Regal's little, I mean, granted that William Regal Tajiri stuff was hilarious, but still, yeah, still Japanese buzzsaw. I missed him. Uh, we also had a couple of other little things. Alistair Black is still in his little room of red and blue lights ranting about men's essence. Don't ask. Um, apparently he wants to change a man's essence. Eh, I'm done. Have him have a match after stomping ground. For God's sake, stop the pain. Yeah. This, is, this, is, this is garbage. And finally, finally, you mentioned it. Uh, the 24-7 title has changed hands. Yes. Drake Maverick dressed up like Carmella and fooled our truth as he was getting into his uh, Uber, I guess. Uh, the Uber driver turned out to be a ref. He popped out. Drake Maverick was dressed up like Carmella. All, including fake boobs with real nipples. That fell out. Don't ask. <laughs> fell out. Wow. Didn't think okay. I'd ever see that on WWTV. Yeah. But he rolled up our truth Drake Maverick is now your 24-7 champion just in time for his bachelor party at his wedding. Oh, boy. Aww. You know what that means, right? What? He's going to lose it. He's going to get tackled at the bachelor party. Wedding shenanigans. He's had the bachelor party. Oh, okay. But at, oh, Oh, that's going to be the the stuff that they're going to be able to do at Drake Maverick's wedding. Do you think the minister is actually going to have a referee shirt like under his suit and he's going <laughs> to rip it off? And then one of his people, best men is like R-Truth or, I don't know, EC3 or somebody, and they just tackle him, and uh, that could be a lot of fun. If anyone can give a reason why these two should not be wed, someone jumps up and just tackles Drake Maverick. Right. His wife tackles spears him. Spears him off the steps or his something. His wife spears him off the steps and takes him out. Oh, God, I think have, we have more fun booking the oh, 27 title. Mr. Divian in the chat title. just said, uh, have truth jump out of the cake. <laughs> yes. Yep. Well done, sir. <laughs> well done. Oh, have, God. Have, have the bride turn around and it's our truth. Uh, oh. <laughs> the, the, veil, the veil gets lifted up and it's our truth. I told you I'd come back for my European championship. Oh, my God. That'd be amazing. Oh. I can't get enough of this. I'm loving the 24-7 championship so far. Please don't mess uh, it up. Please. All right. Oh, uh, well, speaking of messing it up, we got to find out what we're going to get right and what we're going to mess up. And let's go talk about the stomping ground pickums, Nick. We got to give our pickums yes. for stomping ground because we still have a ton more show to get to. Uh-huh. So we got to do this right now. Let's go. This is going in hot. Uh, let's see. We've got uh, Big E and Xavier Woods versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Who do you have in this one? Uh, I'm guessing this is probably going to be pre-show caliber kind of material. I don't see this being that big of a deal. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, I, I think KO and Sami win this one. That's who I'm going to pick here. Oh, yeah. Really? I think this think is the win they get back for taking the beating that they did through 50, the last few weeks. Booking. Yeah, 50, exa- 50 bingo. Booking. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to take mm. KO and Sammy here, even though it's going to mm. be on the pre-show, and who cares? It's going to be a good match. It's going to be enjoyable. 
I am actually going to take New Day here just because I think they're going to give Big E the win for coming back. Um, but that being said, I could totally see Kevin Owens and Sammy pulling it off. If it's on the pre-show, yeah. I'm pretty sure it'll be New Day. If it's in the main show, if it's the P-break match in the main show, you might be right. It might be Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Maybe. Maybe. Next up, so. we got Daniel Bryan and Rowan facing off against Heavy Machinery for the SmackDown Live Tag Team Championships. You know who I'm going to pick here. Heavy Machinery all day. Yeah? What? All day. Yeah. All right. Because well, I, have, I have theories. I have I'm looking forward to adding another piece to your Naya shrine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Go, go ahead. Theories. Go ahead. Let's hear them. No, no. I'll talk about them later as we get to those particulars. Oh, oh, I see. You have theories coming. Yes. All right. Well, Daniel Bryan and Rowan. That's, this is an easy one for okay. me. Um, so let's see. Next up, we had the Cruiserweight Championship. We're not going to talk about 205 Live this week because we just have too much else to get to, but... Uh, it did end up in a three-way. Tony Nese versus Drew Gulak versus Akira Tozawa uh, for the Cruiserweight Championship. Who are you taking in this one? Um, I am taking Drew Gulak because it's friggin' time. It's time for that dude to get a, a title. It's time. Tony Nese is doing F all with the, with the Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, and I think Akira Tozawa eats the pin to save Tony Nese a little bit here. So I, I think Drew Gulak comes out of this as your new Cruiserweight Champion. Mm, I damn it! I I hate to agree with you, but I kind of feel like you're right. I think he might pull a a pin on Tozawa here, or something like that, or the dragon, and not even a pin, the dragon sleeper. And he's just gonna put he's, him to sleep. He's out, huh? tap, or he's out cold immediately. You know, it's funny. Every time we pick Drew Gulak to win the championship, he never does. Yeah, we pick him every time he's in the championship match. Damn it! I'm gonna I, keep picking him until he wins. He wins. <laughs> you know what? Damn it! I'll 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 die on this sword too. I, I'm. I hope he wins, too. The clock's Especially always the, right twice a day. <laughs> yeah, he ate some pins in NXT. He's owed some. Let's give, Drew, let's give Gulak the damn championship finally. Exactly. exactly. All right, I'll, I'll take Gulak, too. Samoa Joe versus Ricochet for the U.S. title. Uh, do you think Ricochet is going to pick this one up, or is Joe retaining? I don't – I think – so I think Joe's going to retain, but I don't think there's going to be a clean finish here. I, think, I do have hopes that there's a schmoz here that leads to something that has stipulations at SummerSlam. I want to see these guys in a program. I want to see R Ricochet do some crazy shit off the top of a cage in order to get over Samoa Joe. I, I, I have high hopes for this, and I didn't yes. even have this in my mind as a potential until the Fatal Five-Way this week. And then the outcome of it, I went, oh, my God. How did mm. I not see this coming? This is fantastic. Mm. Yeah. So I'm, I love this match. I want to see a program out of these guys. If it's a clean finish and Joe retains, I'm going to be five-star disappointed. Like just, Really? Oh, I'm going to be so disappointed. Yeah. This needs to be a long-running program between these two guys. Okay. So who do you, who do you have winning? Um, you, I, I don't know about a win, but I'll say that Joe walks out still – the U.S. title holder. Joe retains. Joe yeah, I'm retains. Also say, I, I don't know whether it's a DQ or an interference or a schmoz or count out or whatever it is. I don't think this match is finishing clean. I, I think Ricochet is going to sleep. But that being said, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think he'll probably look very good in this match, and Joe will just catch him. Yeah. Uh, but I also think Joe is retaining. Alexa Bliss versus Bailey for the SmackDown Live Women's Championship. Do you think that Bailey will be a transitional champ, as Alexa has said, uh, and drop her belt to Alexa, or will Bailey retain here? So the only thing that gives me pause here is the interference of, of Nikki Cross. And I'm wondering if something could be pulled there. I, I, I'm 50-50 on this one. Like, I could make a storyline out of how whichever way it went. I'm going to play it safe and say Bailey retains. I, don't, mm -hmm. I think there's more here to develop. 
I, I, I think Bailey retains here. I do too. Not even just because uh, from a booking standpoint, I, you know, I think that you need to keep your title on Bailey. Um, I really yes. think it would be dumb to put it on Alexa here. And I, unfortunately, like looking down my, my pickums, I can, I'm, I'm trying to think they're going to have at least one title change hands. I would have to think. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the ones I think is vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think they should. I don't. I think you need to give Bailey a little bit more time with this. Let her feel like a legit champ after all she's been through. For the love of God, give her at least one legit run. This is not the one I think that's changing hands, but I agree with you. One is changing hands. Yes. So I'm also going to take Bailey here, just out of hope that they know to keep it on Bailey. Yep. But Becky Lynch versus Southern Charlotte. Uh, excuse me, Lacey Evans for the Raw Women's Championship. Who do you have in this one? This is my one that's going to change hands. God damn it, Nick. Because they're not going to know what to do with Lacey if they don't if they if they put her down here. She's going to have absolutely nothing to do. You need to make keep Lacey relevant. I think she takes the Raw Women's Championship here. I think it could be dirty. I don't think Becky just straight eats a woman's right and she gets pinned clean. I think something, you know, dirty heelish happens here. So I I but I see Lacey Evans coming away as the new Raw Women's <sighs> Champion here. I, I wish I could disagree with you, but I think you got to get that title off of Becky. Yeah. Uh, Cause she's better chasing. Yep. And I think that as you said, L- Lacey needs to be kept legitimate. And the only way you can do that is if she wins here. Um, I don't think she's going to win clean. I don't think she should win clean, but I think that there would be, you have a lot more grist for the mill. If you let Lacey win here, take that title, be a champ. And then that makes Becky nuts. Yeah. Even if it may, maybe we didn't see Charlotte all week. If Charlotte comes in and interferes, it would be annoying because more Charlotte. But you know what? It would make sense with storyline. It would. So it would make a lot of sense. So and Lacey I, came yeah. back and interfered in the in a previous match uh, with those two with with Charlotte exactly. involved. So exactly. it's, it's a quid pro quo kind of thing. I could uh, Charlotte coming back and interfering here. I could absolutely see happening. Um, yes. So I, I wouldn't put that, but I, I do so we, see Lacey walking away with this. So we, this we, we both taking Lindsay. We We're both, both taking Lindsay Evans. Yes, both Lindsay. taking Lindsay Evans. All right. Oh, well, mm, I, I do declare. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Drew the man McIntyre, the other man, the big, the big dog, the big dog versus the bigger, angrier Scottish dog. What is a Scottish do dog? Here? Okay, never mind. Uh, I'm, I'm actually. You ever heard of a Scottish dog? <laughs> you ever see Lady and the Tramp? Scotty? No. Come I know on. what a Scotty is. Yeah. All right. He's a Scottish dog. He's just much bigger than that. Um. Again, 50-50 on this one. Uh, With much could, more could, hair in his eyes. I could see it booked either way here, and for different reasons. It depends on where they want to go with the storyline. Uh. I. 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 Coin flip. Drew McIntyre. I God think Drew, damn it. Yeah. Yeah. I. I don't. I think Roman is on this underdog sort of build where they're not spending a lot of time with him, but he's just kind of running around being a junkyard dog, beating everybody up. I like that, but he's... <laughs> There's only one junkyard dog, sir, and I will I will thank you to keep your mouth shut about it. Sorry, him. I didn't mean to offend anyone. Uh, Drew McIntyre is going to win this one, guys. Yeah, I, I stop agreeing. Stop, stop being in the same mindset as me. I agree. I think Drew's picking this one up. I think Roman Reigns needs to... Be also be held down. We're at the time of the summer where you got to hold your faces down yeah. a little bit so that they can then win at SummerSlam and blow it out. But yeah, I, I don't think Roman should win here either. I think he uh, the, the one at WrestleMania made sense. Um, I don't like that we're having a rematch this quickly, but Drew needs to win here for his own sake. Yeah, absolutely. So, 
Yeah. Kofi Kingston versus Dolph Ziggler in a cage match for the WWE Championship. Do you think that Ziggler will stay Ziggler uh, or will he finally get that title win he's always been wanting? I'm tempted to take a crazy flyer here. Oh, God. I just oh I don't know if I can make myself do it. I, I want you to I turn to see. Turn to your right. Turn to your right. Look at your wall. There's going to be another piece of Naya merch over there if you pick Dolph Ziggler and you know it. But go right ahead. You do what you want to do. I don't know. I've picked two or three of them different one than you so far at the top of the show. Hmm. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Come right. on, Nick. You want to do fine. it? Uh, Dolph Ziggler. You're, yeah. Put wow. me down. Wow. Yep. Oh, man. Yep. Uh, I really hope you're not right because I don't have any room in the wall behind me for any uh, Jackson Reichert merchandise. But uh, all right. Well, obviously, I'm taking Kofi on this one. And finally, Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin for the Universal Championship. We're going to. So, not only do I want to hear who you think is winning this, and I'll just come out right now. I think Seth's retaining. So, of course. Sure. Um, but I want to hear who you think the special ref will be. I mean, Elias at this point, I, I don't, they, he's beaten down everybody. I mean, who, who else, who's left that he hasn't beaten down. That's kind of a shitty heel. Robert Rude. I, <laughs> maybe I, well, I certainly wouldn't mind see, seeing him get some airtime, but yeah, I don't know. Um, there's lots of options for sure, but so so you're agreeing that Seth's retaining. Seth is retaining. I have no idea who who the special guest referee is is going to well, be. Well, take it, take a take a wild shot first before I give mine because I don't want you poaching my answer. Uh, roster. I, pff, I, I yeah, I'm I'm completely stumped. Uh, all wow. of the ones that I would say Seth beat up this week. Okay, I'm so you're going to Seth didn't beat up, and I'm I'm struggling. So you are going to forfeit your possible plus one. Just say no idea. Sure, because I don't want to okay. lose it either. Okay, no problem. I'm gonna. Well, it's not a plus or minus. It's just you get one plus one or you get nothing. Oh, you just get a bonus or nothing. Okay. Yeah. So go. So it doesn't hurt you to go wild here. No, I'm. Eh. All right. Well, I'm, Robert Rude. Easy. Put me down for Robert Rude then. All yeah. right. Well, I'm saying Brock Lesnar. <laughs> That's. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, no, because why not? To me, it's it seems to be logical with the uh, the plot they're they're making right now, and also that would be absolutely terrifying if all of a sudden Brock Lesnar. I mean, I, that makes it so I have no idea how this match is c- turning out. If it's Brock, that that makes the match like on paper, Seth versus Baron Corbin. <laughs> no one's terribly excited about it. Seth versus Baron Corbin with Brock Lesnar as the ref. You have my attention. Just saying. How far Brock Lesnar has come in a few um, months. Well, as long as he comes out with a boom box, then, you know, we're good. Uh, uh, finally, that's the beast I, box. I, I, yeah, sorry, sorry, the beast box. Excuse me, Paul. Uh, so, yeah, the, the only question I have is we don't have the Usos in Revival. Interesting. I thought that was going to be a match here, but yeah. uh, apparently not enough time. But speaking of not enough time, Nick, there's so much show left to go and no time to do it in. So we got to head right on over and talk about the wide world of wrestling. Yes, well, let's start things off in NXT. We uh, had an amazing opening to NXT this week with the Undisputed Era coming out. Uh, this was one of... I, I love when Undisputed Era opens the show. It really lights the crowd up. Uh, it gets full sail going. Uh, Adam Cole is a fantastic promo. Douche parade. Oh, it's amazing. God. It's yeah. just swaggering out there. Kyle O'Reilly doing his air guitar. Yep. 
That was great. All gloating. Adam Cole, first thing he says is, I told you so. Holding yeah. up the title. We're going to be draped in gold. Sure enough. But this, this brings out first Velveteen Dream, then Matt Riddle, uh, who, by the way, Adam zinged Matt Riddle so hard here that Matt Riddle corpsed. Send for the man, because Matt Riddle got broken by Adam Cole here, where Adam Cole said, why don't you go back to, to uh, online critiques of uh, Attitude Era wrestlers? And the entire crowd started chanting Goldberg. Oh. Uh, and then out came the Zing. final person, Prince, Prince Pretty. Tyler Breeze came out to, to finish this to say, hey, guys, just heard from William Regal that if we're all going to be out here talking smack, we might as well have a main event match together. Beautiful. I'm in. Beautiful. And, of course, the main event match was spectacular. Uh, guys flying all over the place. Uh, just a, a great match. But Roderick Strong picked up the pinfall victory on Velveteen Dream, the North American champion. Interesting. <laughs> so we're we are now starting on the path to whatever the next chapter is in NXT with Adam Cole as champion. Uh, people gunning for Velveteen Dream. Seems like the you know the nominal faces. I don't know if you can call Dream and Breeze faces, but sure, why not? Um, and and uh, all the belts are now being are going to be gunned for again. They're going to be going for the tag belts in the North American belt. Uh, good stuff. Great, Does the prophecy come to fruition here? Does, yeah. do, do, does 2019 see Undisputed Era with the NXT Championship, the Tag Championships, and the North American Championship in your eyes? At some point, I think by the end of the year, I would love to see that prophecy come true because that's enter that's entertaining as hell. Yep. It's just a matter of how we get there. So good good start to that, that path. Yes. Um, we also had a good start for Punishment Mark. Oh, excuse me. Damian Priest the repackaged Punishment Martinez, he had a match against uh, perennial uh, enhancement guy Raul Mendoza, who's just so goddamn good. Yeah. That Credit where credit's that, due. That guy's it's fantastic. A, it's a pity they're using him as enhancement because he's so damn good. But you know what? Damian Priest looked damn good, too. He couldn't figure like out which finisher he wanted to steal. Uh, he, I, saw, well, I saw a Trouble <laughs> in Paradise... And I then a crossroads. A, uh, crossroads. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. They all look. It all looked good. He's got a boy. You know, he's what got a, a great that presence. Dude, put that dude in leather look. pants and all the tattoos and the wet hair. And holy yeah. shit, you've got my attention. I loved him back in Ring of Honor. This is a. a I, I think Punishment Martinez is a better name than Damian Priest, but fine. It's it's I'm it's going to grow on me real quick. His entrance to me, I think, still felt a little slap shot, yeah. but I like a lot of the elements that I saw in it with like the silhouette and they the, stole the Lars the thing with stuff. the silhouette. Lars ain't using it anymore. That's Why true. not? That's true. That's <laughs> I mean, true. Might as well use it. Hey, but he also stole King Cuerno's little arrow thing. So why not? Thievery all over. Whoever <laughs> makes it work last as the one who gets to to keep using it. So yeah. uh, the, my only question to you is, what do you think his ceiling is? How high can he rise in WWE as a whole? Like NXT champion, WWE champions? Like where where do you think he's, he's going to end up? I, I think that dude a year from now could be NXT champion. You know, I, I if even that long. I, he absolutely has the look. Let's see how he does on the mic. I don't want to judge him based on his past. I want to give him a fresh start here. So let's see what happens. I'm I'm all in on this for right now. I, I think it looks fantastic. I think he's great in the ring. Uh, I want to see him cut some promos. Let's let's make sure he, he checks off all the boxes first before we go crazy. So that's what that's yeah. where I stand on it. What about you? I uh, well, he's not a spring chicken. That's my only worry yeah. with him. I think I think he's got everything. To, I mean, Vince would probably love him if he saw him. 
Um, especially if you packed on a little bit more muscle, lean, you know, shredded up a little bit. Vince would absolutely love this guy. Um, but he's not a spring. I think he's like 38. So he doesn't have a, he doesn't have a whole lot of time to go that far. Bobby Roode. So, ouch, damn. All right. Well, you might not be wrong there, but um, at least Bobby Roode still has the heel dick in a suit to fall back on. So wait, where is he? Um, dick heel in a suit. Is he? I, I haven't seen him on TV. In I don't even know. Month. I don't even know what he is. <laughs> he, can't even, he can't even decide on his facial hair. Uh, we also had announced that there will be a breakout tournament starting next week, and the winner will get a title shot of their choice. We talked about this before. This looked like it was going to happen, uh, specifically that they renamed a lot of the indie guys. Yeah. What I liked here is they introduced the eight guys in this breakout tournament, but they also showed their indie names. So they said we ha- you have Jordan Miles, also known as ACH, who right off the bat for me is a contender to win the whole thing. Uh, Boa, who I don't know. I believe he's, a, um, he's an in-house guy. You have Cameron Grimes, who you and I both know as Trevor Lee, yep. who's been around Impact, PWG, uh, great wrestler. Isaiah Swerve Scott, who we also know as Shane Strickland or Killshot from Lucha Underground. Dexter Loomis, also known as Sam Shaw. Uh, Bronson Reed, who if you watch the Indies, you know as Jonah Rock. Angel Garza, a.k.a. Garza Jr. Joaquin Wilde, a.k.a. DJZ, who is kind of their replacement for TJP as their nominal Filipino superstar. Yep. But he's also fantastic, yep. so no problems with that at all. Go for it. Yep. Um, and I, I, want, I want to give a shout-out to NXT. I love these. You know, we had the Cruiserweight Classic years ago. Um, we've got, we had the Combine recently showing the, the male and female superstars you know, doing various workouts and weightlifting measure, uh, records and things like that. And then to throw in an opportunity for the breakout stars, some of the newer uh, superstars on the roster to get a chance at a title opportunity of their choosing. Whoa! I love this kind of stuff, and please continue yeah. to do more of it. I love tournaments, and I love being introduced to new guys, and they have so much talent just sitting around there. What a great way to, to, to kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. So, Dusty Tag Team um, Classic. That was the other one I was trying to think of. Yeah. Thank you, Will James. Yes. Um, so I'm picking ACH to win the whole thing. Who are you picking for the whole thing? Um, I think they're really high on uh, Shane Strickland. So Swerve. I, are we going to call really? him Swerve? Yeah, I, th- I think Killshot's getting this. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I just don't know if he's another Montez Ford. Let's, let's see how I, he plays out in the ring. Personally, I think that um, when, it, when it comes to, to this thing, they're going to be introducing all, us to all these guys. I don't think it matters. Like the, the guy who wins the whole thing is going to be a big deal. Everyone else is going to get a spotlight. And even guys who are big names like Shane Strickland or Swerve Scott, rather, he could lose in the first round, the second round, or lose in the finals. And it wouldn't matter because he's still going to get in front of us, get some eyes yeah. on him. And a guy like that, especially, um, I think could, could make, him, make a big impression even in one match. Swerve versus so Matt Riddle. He, what? What? Oh, <laughs> Swervers, anybody. But uh, we also had a match on this show that was not quite on the level of the ones we're just dreaming about right now. Tenara Conti versus Zaya Lee. Yeah. Um, bit messy. Uh, I, I would call this a developmental versus developmental match, which I don't know if that's a wise thing to do because it really did feel like they were trying to figure stuff out on the fly. It felt like, it felt like they were um, going through... Like they, they, they weren't, it wasn't smooth at all. It was very yeah. awkward, pretty messy. Um, I like Zia Lee a lot. I see a lot of potential there. I can't stand Tainara Conti. Uh, she drives me absolutely insane, but I can tell she's very talented. I get what they see in her. So from that metric, like fine, I, I get it. But um, yeah, this was, this was kind of 
this is hard to watch. Is what it is. It's a women's match that's not Shayna Baszler, you know. So I or or Vanessa Bourne or Analia, right? So let's get some other ladies out there. Let's give them some time. Let's, you know, I can partially blame a little bit. It, it depends on which side of the of the ring you stand on, right? Is it because yeah. they don't, they haven't had enough time on TV to work a match with a crowd, or sure. they haven't spent enough time in developmental? To I don't know. But I, I'm a I, fan of giving more people more opportunities that aren't you're just your normal fare of folks that you expect every week. Absolutely agreed. And a year ago, we said the same thing about Vanessa Bourne, and she has gotten light years better. Oh, yeah. So, you know, this, this could not just so be, much. But Vanessa Bourne, yes. Uh, but Aaliyah's character work is fantastic as well. Sure. So they definitely sure. they definitely got over. Um, and a final couple things. We had a Mia Yim promo. I like the fact that they gave her a little video package, talked about her history. It shows me that they are really going to get behind her and really kind of give her a good, solid push. So we may be seeing her in the title picture soon. That's my prediction based on just seeing that this is gonna that, that they gave her a full segment. Uh, and then we also know that we have Shayna Baszler versus Io Shirai in a steel cage next week. They're giving away a steel cage championship match on NXT TV. Thanks, Papa Triple H. That's awesome. Yes. Ringo! I can't wait to see this. Uh, <laughs> Ringo! That's, uh, uh, that's the, the last thing I want to say about this is that I hope it just doesn't end in a Kirafuda clutch. It's a steel cage match. Beat the absolute shit out of each other, please. Mm, I just yes. don't want it to fall down into a Kirafuda clutch and have Io Shirai go to sleep because I will be so right. disappointed. Right. Well, I don't think Io's winning, but uh, I, I do think that given the fact that they've been, they've been showing her be more aggressive lately, at some point there will be some aggressive stuff in this match. Yeah. So yeah. I think there, think there will be beatdowns yeah. galore. Nick, speaking oh. of beatdowns, speaking of beatdowns, we're I'm about twitching. to come. I've been waiting. Sorry, guys. We're probably going to run a little bit long today just to give you a heads because up. Of, because, because they announced the segment. G1 blocks. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yes, they did. Speaking of beatdowns, my eyes are going to get beatdowns for the next month because I'm going to be watching so much wrestling from New Japan. Um, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't currently watch New Japan, even if you don't watch it on the regular now is the time to get that subscription to New Japan. It's only like seven fifty, eight bucks a month. I know I'm, I'm sounding like a shill for New Japan here, um, but no, because you've never sounded me. like that before. <laughs> Shut your whore mouth. Uh, <laughs> this is the time to check it out because, first of all, this is probably going to be one of the most accessible G1s to Western eyes in a long time. Lots of people that you might have uh, heard of or seen in other places. Um, and it's a great introduction to New Japan, and this sets up all the storylines for the rest of the year. So, mm. and, and they have a commentary team right now that's really good at explaining to you who these people are and what's going on in the matches. So it's actually going to be really easy to get into. The only downside is figuring out how much you want to watch because there's going to be so much of it. It's going to be six hours a day of wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's, oh God. It's, Prepare oh, yourselves no if you've never been through a G1 Climax full tournament before. My first one, real full one was last year, for the, for the record, and I yeah. came out of it a New Japan fan. Yes. Uh, so I, It'll oh, make sorry, you two one. years ago, 2017. Yeah. Yes, that's right. When we, right when we started this night, we're like, you got to watch this, dude. Yeah. you got to get into this, man. And um, uh, I will say, as someone who has traditionally only watched WWE, you are in for a treat if you are... You know, you're one of those that are disenfranchised by all of the more of the entertainment, less of the sports. This is all sure. of the sports with a smattering of the entertainment. Oh, my and goodness. And you get a lot of their consistent stories as well. And it's also yeah. the time for a lot of these guys to, I mean, it's consistently some of the best wrestling of all, of all year and sometimes of all time. This yeah. is when we had 
Uh, Kenny Omega, Kazuchika Okada 3, which is which Meltzer at least rates as the greatest match of all time. Uh, that happened in the G1. Like We consistently have multiple five-star matches in the G1 every year. Um, and this year, you, with the guy, I'm about to announce everyone who's in it, and with this lineup, you are guaranteed, guaranteed, you have the busted wide open Sir Ian Danger's seal of guarantee. You're going to get some absolutely eyeball-bleeding matches this year. Um, I'm also going to, in the Facebook discussion group, put up uh, a link to an absolutely fantastic bullet point breakdown of the G1 this year. That There's no way we can do this in 10 minutes. No. There's just no way. Um, we could spend two, this, three hours here doing bracketology. And yeah. remember, what are the rules of the tournament, Ian? Let's go over that real quick first well, before you do the names. So I, I am, but I want to shout out to a Harry Wrestling fan who's a guy who puts together this bullet point thing every, gotcha. every year. And it's just, it's like the Bible for every year's G1. It's fantastic. I'm going to put that on our Facebook discussion group. Okay. Everyone check it out there. It goes way more in depth than we ever could. But rules of the G1, fairly simple. You've got two blocks, 10 guys in each block. A block and B block, and uh, it switches off night to night. So A block will have a night where they all have five matches, and then B block the next night, and so on and so forth. Um, if you're in the other block, you're in a tag match. You're going to be still there, but you'll be doing some other stuff with what they call C block, which are some other guys who go on the tour with them just to fill out these tag matches. So um, what's – but it's a round-robin style. So over the course of the tournament, you will face every other guy – in your block. Uh, wins are worth two points. Ties are worth one. Losses are worth zero. Whoever has most points at the end in each block wins and advances to the finals. Uh, if there's a tie at the end, then the tiebreaker is whoever won in the match that they faced each other in. So, for instance, yeah. if Kazuchika Okada and Hiroshi Tanahashi are tied at the end, then if Tanahashi beat Okada in their one-on-one -on -one match, Tanahashi moves forward. All of uh, the guys in block A... Just look at Block A. We'll face all of the other guys in Block A at least once throughout the tournament. Just, just once. Just, just once, Block yeah. A right there. I'm sitting here just, Jesus Christ, I can't even process <laughs> the matches we're about to watch. <laughs> so please rattle those. Uh, who is in Block A, Sir Ian Dangerous? So Block A, that, that Block A, top of Block A, is the current IWGP heavyweight champion. That's Kazuchika Okada. So right at the top, you got Okada. Also in Block A, Hiroshi Tanahashi, which is, you know, I always call him the John Cena of New Japan, which I think is doing him a disservice. The guy is absolutely legendary. And his matches with Okada alone, uh, you could watch all day and, and never watch a dull match, never watch a bad match. Right. Also in block A, Zack Sabre Jr., who you may know, he's the current Rev Pro heavyweight champion. He's the He was also in the Cruiserweight, excuse me, yeah, the Cruiserweight Classic. Did not have a good showing there, but he is absolutely lights out in New Japan, one of the greatest mat wrestlers in the world. According to Meltzer, he's the greatest pure wrestler in the world. I don't, I don't know, know about Did he get that. pinned a couple weeks ago by Yoshihashi? Um, I'll get to that. I'll get to <laughs> Yoshihashi and Zack Sabre in a second. Don't get me started on Yoshihashi's boring ass. Kota Ibushi, the guy who almost won the Cruiserweight Classic, is also in the... That's, by the way, that's the least of his accolades. Kota, Kota Ibushi is also in Block A. He's going to have nothing but outstanding matches the entire time. He's coming off nearly being killed by Naito at Dominion. Uh, losing his IC belt. You also have Evil and Sonata from Los Inergobernables. They don't really put on bad matches ever. You have Bad Luck Fale, one of the founding members of Bullet Club. He'll be in block A. Lance Archer's coming over from Suzuki Gun. Uh, this is his first G1. And Lance Archer's a really big, hairy, scary guy. I'm excited to see what he does. Um, I think he's got a lot of potential that that 
he has never really explored in New Japan. And this right. could be his breakout year. Um, filling out block A, dear God, <laughs> as if that wasn't enough, we have for the first time in the G1, and surprising because he's a junior heavyweight, Will Ospreay, our boy, got his wish granted. Mm. The junior heavyweight champion is also going to be in the G1 this year. Will Ospreay, who, had, in my opinion, has currently had the match of the year with Shingo Takagi. Um, yep. at, the, at the finals of the best of Super Juniors. Uh, th- he is just on a freaking roll. And if he keeps on this roll of like best matches ever into the G1 in this, in this company, forget about it. Let, let me just um, say this real quick. Will Ospreay is going to have matches against Kota Ibushi, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Zack Sabre Jr., Kazuchika Okada, and that's just getting started. That's just A Block. Yeah. Just Jesus oh, well, I'm Christ. Not, <laughs> I'm not done because the final member of A Block is the returning Kenta, a.k.a. Hideo Itami. From, oh. and from, but here's the Bat thing. Don't, uh, uh, don't look at him for what he was in WWE. He was so mad. He's like John Moxley with this. He's already been shooting on, on podcasts and everything about how garbage it was in WWE, what a horrible time he had. He is back to kick ass and take names. He's his first the first match the first major headlining match of the whole tournament is Kenta versus Kota Ibushi. Someone might die the first night, Nick. Yeah. They're going to hit each other so hard. It's, oh, that's confirmed. You've wait. got that already. The first match on night 1 is they Kenta released and, the and Kota whole, Ibushi. The, that's the, it's the it's the first main event. Oh. But yeah, they've released they've released the whole schedule, Nick. Oh my, I uh, haven't seen this yet. Which is, which honestly is quite telling about the whole thing. We'll get to that. So that's block A. Block B, you have uh, current IC champion Tetsuya Naito. Uh, you have Tomohiro Ishii, my boy, uh, who is he, every year in the G1, he is the hidden star of the G1. He has nothing but fantastic matches in the G1. You have Juice Robinson, who's always really entertaining. In the, I love his storylines in the G1s, they're always very entertaining. Toru Yano, who's there to just make you laugh every time, and sell um, you DVDs. And sell you DVDs. Uh, I love the fact that he's in this block, by the way, yeah. with a whole bunch of hard hitters. Here's like, like Hiroki Goto, who's a hard hitter. Jay White, the most evil son of a bitch in New Japan, I think right now. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Because um, Minoru, Minoru Suzuki is like chaotic evil. Jay White's like neutral evil. He's just evil. Um, Jeff Cobb, our boy Jeff Cobb, is debuting in the G1 this year, officially. Current PWG champ. <clears throat> I think former Ring of Honor t- uh, TV champ. Yeah, so awesome. Jeff Cobb's in there. Shingo Takagi, who uh, recently was in the Best Super Juniors final with, with Will Ospreay. This is a great block for him to be in. Taichi, uh, who's the only person I'm really not excited about being in the G1, but you have to have at least one a-hole yeah. in the G1. And finally, of course, John Dean Ambrose Moxley filling out Block B. I'm, uh, now, I'm interested in the storyline that might develop with Juice Robinson getting his, his mojo back after that Moxley match. So here's the beautiful thing. Okay. Because we know the schedule, the very final night of B block is Juice Robinson versus John Moxley. Oh my god. That's the final night. That means this. that if there's any kind of way that Juice can screw Moxley out of going to the like if Moxley wins all the kinds of matches and he's about to win the whole thing and Juice can spoil it for him, they've already basically written that so that it could happen. It's God, beautiful. Uh, th- this is about to be some of the most amazing six weeks of, of wrestling marathon that you could possibly endure. I am so, so have, over the moon pumped for this. Like I, I, also I haven't love, been this pumped for something in a long time. 
Oh my God, me too. I, this is, I'm so excited about this. I was chomping at the bit to get to this segment. Um, we also found out if you if you are one of the people that one of the four million people that watched the most watched YouTube clip from New Japan's uh, YouTube page of all time, and that's John Moxley's promo after his match with Shota Umino, and the fact that he just like this basically had this corpse that he was carrying around. Uh, <laughs> well, he's going to be teaming up with Shota Umino again. They're tagging together on his off nights. We know that Shota Umino is one of the Block C competitors, and he'll be hanging out with John Moxley a lot. That's a brilliant continuation of that. You've also got Ren Narita and Yuya Uemura and Yota Tsuji. They're also young lions who will be part of these tag teams. Yoshihashi from Chaos is right now in Block C, but we'll talk about that in a second. Chase Owens from Bullet Club, Yujiro Takahashi, Jushin Thunder Liger, Tomowaki Hanma, Toa Hinare, Minoru freaking Suzuki, Yoshinobu Kanemaru Bushi, Clark Connors, and Carl Fredericks are all filling out Block C. Um, we got a roll, so I can't spend too much time on all of those guys, but I love all the names they have on this. What uh, Do you think that there's anybody that they left out? That Anyone that you're like, why isn't so-and-so in there? Minoru Suzuki? That's the major one, but at least they're making a storyline out of it right now where yeah. Suzuki is basically saying, New Japan, you're trying to screw me out of this. The fans want me in there. So I'm just... He's saying he's going to kill New Japan, which like people from the office. So that means he's going to go after referees, I think. But you never know with 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 Death Grandpa. Yeah. He could go after anybody at any time. <laughs> he's in the middle of a of a feud with Jushin Thunder Liger as well, who's also on the tour. So we may see that continue. We know he's got history with uh, Red Shoes Uno, the the referee. So we know he's got history with Toruiano in the G1. So yeah, I, you know Minoru Suzuki will be lurking around, and someone will probably die. I think Minoru Suzuki could be this year's Tamatonga. As disruptive as they were last yes. year, I yes. fully expect Minoru Suzuki to make appearances to interfere with multiple matches, chair in hand. We're, we're just we're going to see him all over the place, and I actually like that better than just having him in the regular matches blocks because that guy is a lot of fun. But I, oh, I, I want to see, I want to watch him glorious. murder Red Shoes' kid. <laughs> That's really what I'm signing up for here. Well, but Shoto Amino is now under John him. Moxley's protection. He's under Moxley's protection. And I know that Moxley wants to wrestle Minoru Suzuki, so that might be a storyline we see there. Yes. Um, I also love the fact that we have a bunch of guys who are from the same faction in the same blocks. Okada and Osprey are part of the same faction. Um, Lance Archer and Zack Sabre Jr. are part of the same faction. Um, so there's a lot of interesting things that could happen within Shingo Takagi and Naito part of the same faction. So there's a lot of in-faction matches that could happen that could also build to some other things. Also, anytime a champion, if you're holding the belt, like Moxley's the U.S. champion, Naito's the IC champion, and Okada's the, the IWGP heavyweight champion, uh, and Osprey is the junior heavyweight champion. If you get pinned, if you're a champion, you get pinned, you need to give that person a title shot within the next six months of the year. So... Right there, you have a lot of opportunities. Uh, and Ishii is the never... You have every belt in there. Every major belt. Ishii is the never belt. Well, it's the only one so, that's the tag champs, right? What's that? The only ones uh, not in there are the tag championships. Every other junior heavyweight, correct. never open weight, uh, uh, intercontinental, and the uh, IWGP heavyweight championship. They're yeah, all correct. in the tournament. The tag belts are not in there, but everyone else is. God. That's outstanding. Outstanding. So early... Look at this right now. We got to move on. But early pick for a winner. Oh, God. I haven't even gotten there yet, dude. Can I do that next week? <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose we have time. So, I haven't yeah, even so digested the... the I, I'm still coming down off the high of the announcement of the block. I haven't right. even looked at the schedule yet. 
Okay, well, we'll we'll do some more G1 stuff next week, but just a couple more things this week. Uh, Zack Sabre's spot is in jeopardy, so a little asterisk next to him. He's got a match with Yoshihashi coming up on the uh, Kazuna Road Tour. And if Zach loses that, not only does he lose his uh, Rev Pro British Heavyweight Championship belt, he also loses his spot in the G1 to Yoshihashi. So I'm going to say this right now. Zach, win it for us. Yes, don't lose that win match. It, don't lose that match. We don't need Yoshihashi in the G1, for the love of God. Yeah, please. I don't need Yoshihashi beating you twice in a row for your record mm. and your reputation. Please. Mm. Don't do it. Oh. Don't do it. And finally... Uh, disappointing for anyone who's going to be going to the G1 kickoff show in Dallas. John Moxley will not be there, nor will he be at the press conference the night before because he cannot appear in a New Japan show in the U.S. due to his contract with AEW, mm. which is interesting because we thought that AEW and New Japan had a had a working relationship, but that seems a little bit testy. Um, that, and we know uh, that-, that spoils a few things that I had going in my head for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, he doesn't. It just means he won't have a tag match. Is all it means. He won't be like Block B doesn't start until uh, Tokyo the following week. So uh, it's it's not a big deal. It's just more interesting to think of in terms of how AEW and New Japan's relationship is. Because right. supposedly Kenny Omega still worked in New Japan. Now I wonder how that works. Yeah. And they had they had the chance to use him and they didn't. So something to think about. But yes. that is this week's G1 wrap up. Obviously, plenty more to talk about over the next week or two while we get ready for the G1, including our picks for who's going to win it. Maybe a little bit of, uh, we'll do a little bit of bracketology yes. next week, Nick. But also, I'll put that big breakdown on our Facebook discussion group because that is a good read and maybe a good preview for the things that you like. The Knights, you can cherry pick the Knights you want to see, um, you want to you watch to see the matches you want to see. Yes. But very good stuff. Well, hey guys, that's the G1. Lots of content coming on that, but it is time to get over and do our listener questions. And Sir Ian Dangerous, you're going to get these on the fly because I did not have time to put them in the note before the show, so get ready. <sighs> guys, if okay. you want to get your questions in every single week on our show, uh, live streamed here on YouTube, you can go over to patreon.com slash BWO. All you have to do is sign up for that $5 contribution tier Every month and every single week, you can get your questions in for us to answer right here on the show. First up, we had Jacob. Who do you see winning the NXT breakout tournament, and what champ do they choose? Also, could this tournament format work on the main roster with NXT call-ups and misused superstars? So who do you have winning the NXT breakout tournament? Did we do that already? Yeah, I said ACH was my pick right now. So I said um, kill shot. I said uh, and you Swerve. Said, you said Shane. Yeah. Swerve. You said Swerve. I said ACH. I would love to see on the main roster. I think it's a great way to get a lot of people on TV and show what they can really do. What champ do um, you? Uh, what championship do you think uh, ACH goes after? Is should he win? I think he goes after Adam Cole and loses. Yeah, I think Swerve Unless, would I mean, go after Dream with the North American Championship. There you go. Yep. Easy. Uh, do you think this format would work on the main roster with mixing up NXT call ups and misused superstars? Yes. Yeah. Me too. Yes, that's <laughs> absolutely. I would love to see. I think we get a lot of people on TV that need to get that limelight shown on them again, remind people what pe- some of these guys can do. Yeah. But that's just not tournaments aren't how the main roster works, sadly. They it's, very, it's more they very rarely than, have them. Than, than March Madness guys, unfortunately. Than wrestling. Vince doesn't like wrestling. Vince likes stories. Yeah. And tournaments to him are not stories. That's two sports. Not enough entertainment. Yeah. Which I, <laughs> exactly. I have to disagree with, as, as perhaps evidenced by how much we just, you know, 
<laughs> went nuts over the G1, which G1 is a tournament. Climax. I'll leave it at the that. I'm uh, climaxing yes. over the G1 climax. I stop. I can only <gasps> be so erect. <laughs> mm. Mm. Uh, thank you, Jacob, for that question. Next up, Brian, as someone who goes to conventions like Comic-Con and have seen past and current WWE talent there, do you think it would be a good move for AEW to utilize some pop culture conventions like San Diego or New York Comic-Con to help promote their uh, company an upcoming TNT show to help provide additional exposure. Also, which do you prefer, East Coast or West Coast IPAs? Um, that's a, so that's a multi-part question there. Let's see. <laughs> yes. Should uh, should AEW use like conventions and so forth to promote the product? I think they're already doing that with Fighter Fest. That's kind of what Fighter Fest is. They are, is and there... they're also Kenny Omega's got that uh, company CEO, or he's co-promoting it. CEO, game, uh, it's an esports thing that he's doing with yeah. Xavier Woods. So yeah, they're already. And if you watch Being the Elite or the Road to Fighter Fest, uh, the past couple of weeks, uh, there's episodes where they're talking about that kind of stuff. Yeah, man, they're all they're. <laughs> I keep saying I mean, Kenny was all over. It. Kenny was all over E3 promoting. So yeah, and and Xavier's yeah. got how many millions of people now on Up Up Down Down. Yeah. He's been doing a whole lot of, of crossover stuff with WWE and and kind of bringing the esports culture into WWE in lots of ways, which I'm sure is engendering him to the higher ups in WWE with how many eyes he's bringing to the product. So it makes it makes tons of sense for Kenny Omega uh, and AEW to do the same thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, East then, Coast or West Coast IPAs, Mr. Bartender? Mm, uh, honestly, my problem is I'm a billy goat and I will just drink anything, but uh, it depends on the individual ones. The things I like about the East Coast style is the haziness. I like the mouthfeel, uh, the velvety mouthfeel, and I like a little bit of extra fruit in my IPA. If it's too dry and too piney, it kind of turns me off. So that's, that's more of the West Coast style. So I guess if I had a gun to my head, East Coast, but if it's a really, really hot day, um, I might be more tempted to go for like a lighter, more floral uh, West Coast. So hmm. that would be my answer to that. Well said. Thank you, Brian. Great questions there. Uh, Will, next up. <laughs> yeah, uh, hey, I, feel so, I feel so hipstery, hipstery right. and nerdy right sure now. You're going to live in Portland beard. or Austin? Uh, I did. I, I'm I the one with the beard and the man years. bun, but you know, listen. To yeah, me. you're the one with the man bun. Right. There you go. I don't drink <laughs> craft no. beer. I'm a Miller Lite guy. At full disclosure. <laughs> Tall boys, please. He really is. He really is. Uh, yeah, and you know that for a fact. All right. Thank you, Brian. Uh, next up, Will James. Uh, we finally saw some, quote, forgotten talent get some airtime, namely tag teams like the Good Brothers, Heavy Machinery, War Machine, uh, and the B Team. Who would you like to see as the number one tag contenders on each show or are we just going to get Revival versus Usos and probably Usos versus Brian and Rowan somehow? I like Heavy Machinery being the number one contenders. The problem is that the SmackDown tag division is just so gutted right now. There's that's, not really that's anyone about there. It. That right? So that's that's <laughs> the, basically they, they, the number one contenders right now are the ones I would want to see out of our options on SmackDown. Raw, AOP. Bring AOP back. Give them something to work with. We know those guys can be awesome and dominant. Um, it makes sense right now, storyline-wise, for the Revival to be... Uh, the guys, um, but I would love to see uh, uh, that feud coming back. AOP and Revival getting some time to work. Have AOP be faces. Yeah, you know, have them be like big monster faces. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I agree. I'm very happy with Heavy Machinery, and I I am aching in my soul for AOP to be the Raw champions. I, I just they need to be <laughs> a tag team champion. They are so freaking good. 
Please let them just yell at people in whatever their native tongue is. I uh, wanted to go back to uh, Brian's question real quick because I did have an answer there. Like I had to Turkish look it up and real- Persian, I think. Tur- yeah, exactly. I wasn't sure if it was Armenian or something like that. But um, So, Brian, uh, my answer is a North Carolina guy. I had to look up the name of it. Wicked Weed Lieutenant Dank. Look up that mm. one. Uh, based here in Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, the Wicked Weed Brewing Company. If you haven't had that one before, it is mwah, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Give that one a shot. Uh, yeah, we don't you, we don't get it here on the West Coast though. That's I don't no, think it's distributed. It, it's a local yeah. one. Yep. Okay. Well, when you hey Nick, when you come to town, bring you, your boy a six pack. You mean Sunday? Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get to that. Uh, okay. Thank you, Will, for the question. Uh, next up, Chris. I don't get the talk about Brock being ref for the Seth Corbin match. It well, would be more interesting <laughs> for us to watch. But the story is Corbin is supposed to pick the ref. If he picks Brock, yes. why would he think Brock won't cash in on him immediately after the match? Uh, it's a risk you'd have to take. Yeah, you know, it's 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 can I, uh, can I, you know, either that or he convinces Brock that he can he can, uh, you know, cash in on Seth, and then pull some shenanigans. He pins. I don't know. I again, I can't think of anyone more interesting to be the ref. Is really why I picked Brock to be the ref for this match. Is I, I'm thinking of everybody else like you. I'm like who the heck else would be any kinds of entertaining who, who is Seth Sh- not beaten up with a chair in the last week <laughs> if it's Shane we're all gonna be like uh, it could be a swerve out of left field like someone returning or something like that um you know like Triple H I don't know yeah. that, that wouldn't that wouldn't make any sense either but um yeah aside from that I really don't know yeah uh, the other thing he said was that uh, do you think I don't have that- a good defense I don't have a good defense for myself. I'll admit it. I, I don't either. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen that way anyway. It'd be so. entertaining. It'd be yeah. literally, that's the only, and when you think about WWE, you can't think in terms of logic. Yeah. You think in terms of, oh, that'll get him. That'll, what a swerve. That's good shit. I, I think there's a case for Bray Wyatt being the special guest ref, but, or Ramblin' Rabbit, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, he, he, second question. He said, the Kabuki experience gets a non-title match against the Iconics next week in Tokyo. Do you think they kept them off TV for weeks just so they can get a win in Tokyo for the crowd to pop? I don't think just for that. I think that it's had nothing for them, and they're bringing them back conveniently in time to build them for that match. Yeah, I don't think that they kept them off TV as any kind of strategy or plan or anything like that. Uh, thank you very much, Chris. Next up, Jonathan. I'm having some trouble, guys. Stories are so convoluted right now in the main roster, I can't even fantasy book. Are you finding the same issues? 24-7 and FFFH are my only real draws. Those are the best a- aspects of the show. So, I mean, those are the most creative, for sure. I mean, yeah. if you're looking at something that's new and exciting, you know, one thing we were saying earlier was one of the reasons why the Shane McMahon being the authority heel isn't working right now is because it's not constantly engaging it's not exciting it's not doesn't feel fresh or new or 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 you know exciting uh from moment to moment whereas the 24 7 title and uh firefly funhouse are both completely fresh very inspiring because there's so much creativity uh and newness going into them and you never know what to expect whereas everything else it's kind of going through the same motions the same tropes this week was a step in the right direction or it felt better because there was a lot of stuff seth rollins jumping out and beating people up with chairs that's surprising. It's fun. Yeah. There was a lot of things that we didn't normally see um, that were surprising and new and fun, and that's why it was engaging. Uh, as far as being convoluted, yeah. I mean, like, like I said, it was it's difficult to run down the show because now there's so many threads interweaving, 
I think that actually does a better job at telling the story uh, throughout the three or, or two or three hour time period that they're trying to run the show. Um, but at the end of the day, in, as, in terms of being convoluted, I kind of feel like if you take a step back, it's not really that complex. Um, it's still good guys, bad guys. It's still, you did something to make me mad. We're going to fight. Yeah. You know? Um, and in, if anything, the 24 seven title has been more convoluted in who's had it, when, and what's happened and keeping up on all the different places that you can see things happening with, whether it be social media or YouTube or whatever. I have a hard time keeping up with that, a harder time keeping up with that than I do with the actual show. Yeah. This week caught me so. completely off guard guys. Like I, I was not a fan of the whole wild card thing. We got tired of seeing Roman Reigns across the entire entirety of both shows for a couple of weeks there. Then he was just completely absent last week, and they kind of turned the dials a certain way and dialed it in this week, and it caught me completely off guard because I really liked it. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did this week. So I think that's the Venn diagram I was talking about earlier, really coming into shape and taking shape there. Uh, we'll see if it can continue going forward, but that's uh, I've... Skeptically optimistic, as I always say, right? Uh, thank yeah. you very much, Jonathan. Great question there. Uh, next up, Andy. I just counted and not including NXT or 205 Live. There are 129 superstars on the main roster. With so many, why have you we say only- not including? Not including not NXT including and- NXT and 205 Live. Not including. There are well, we 129 50- superstars on the main roster. We just had a 50-man Royal Rumble in the middle of a pay-per-view with something like nine other matches, and no women were involved in the entire show. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. But that also means that they can do that. They can pull that off because they have so many people. Yeah. Um, It definitely feels a little bit like that. I don't know if I heard the question there, but uh, to, to comment on that, it does feel a little bit like they're hoarding. Yeah. Like they're, let's, let's buy up everybody, buy them up all right now so they can't go anywhere else. Um, well, his question was, with so many, why have we only seen a max of 40 over the past few months? And what's their excuse for not being able to fill five hours of TV with quality <laughs> program if there's that much talent to work with? Uh, you know, it's a rhetorical question, Andy. You're, 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 there's, we've answered this many times. We know it's because they're the big stars. They want all the big stars on both the big shows. It was kind of the reason for the wild card thing in the first place. There's a lot of reasons and, and you know, motivations there to do that. And what we've seen with the 24-7 title was kind of like, how do we get the lower mid-card involved? How do we keep how everybody we, yeah. chasing something? So, well, it's, also, it's more that, hey, let's have this title, but let's also, you know, we have enough people to be chasing after him on a regular basis, even yeah. though most of the time it's 205 Live guys. But um, at the same time, Vince is also very much tunnel vision. Yeah. He looks at the top of the card, and the rest, eh, it'll fall into place. What do you got for Rock? Um, what do you got for Stone Cold? Exactly. Yep. So when it comes to that, like he does, he's not really good at balancing the rest, and a lot of times those writers are just kind of scrambling to try and get something together. Hey, we need to fill time. Yeah. And they don't, you know, they'd rather go with people that they know as opposed to unknown factors. Yeah. So, which is why you see a lot of people coming out of the blue and being like, I want my shot, I want my shot, whether it's Dana Brooke or or Apollo or whoever saying, you know, it's my time. I need to get an opportunity. Um, it's because they're backstage pushing for one and the writers are just kind of stuck in their lanes. They don't want to, you know, scare anybody backstage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they don't want to, they don't want to rock the boat. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I absolutely think that they're, some of it is definitely, uh, they're in collector mode, you know, where they're hoarding right now. 
strategically to keep AOP or AOP AEW <laughs> from uh, from getting all of them, or Ring of Honor or New Japan or anywhere else. They've sure. got the money. Why not? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's just business. They've keep got your, one keep, million keep dollars. Actually, they've got they've, two. They've, they got two billion <laughs> or three. You know what actually, I mean? Because it's one point two or something like that. Anyway. If awesome you have question. someone under contract, they can't jump ship to somewhere else. Right. Luke Harper. <clears throat> Thank you very much, Andy, for the uh, question. That's a good one. We could pump, pontificate today on for a long time. Uh, last but certainly not least, Jamie asks, what is the realistic thought of how long that Vince will stay in charge of WWE writing and programming? And following that, what direction do you think the company will go once he does step aside, handoff, whatever. I mean, we've said many times, and it's, he's been quoted many times as saying he'll die in the chair with the headset on. So yeah. is the, at what, So, are we waiting for Vince McMahon to die morbidly? Yeah, that's everybody who knows him better than you or I do, Nick, I, I, I can just tell you what people that know the situation more closely than we do are saying, and that is that Vince will do this until he dies, and there is no one who can tell him otherwise. No one. The speculation is that Triple H will take over afterwards. All signs point to that. Yep. Everyone who has been re- you know, watching this um, and reporting on this for decades and decades, who have backstage contacts, who have, you know, are in the know, everyone reports that, that is currently the plan. Triple H takes over. But it ain't going to happen until Vince lets up the reins, and Vince is not letting up the reins until he's dead. He may give some responsibilities to other people, but he is still the be-all, end-all, final guy that you talk to Yep. about everything. Yep. He's still in charge. And he will be. It's As a Raiders fan, it's the Al Davis syndrome. <laughs> wow, that went meta real it's, quick. It's uh, yeah. Al Davis. It's Al Davis all over again. That's why I'm able to accept it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been through this before. Ugh. So DJ Butter says the XFL will save us. And I don't know because we've had the XFL before and the WWE didn't turn out too good during that time either. Butters, how is the XFL going to save us if it collapses in six months and Vince comes right back? Right. But hey, we got Skycam out of it. That's true. And he hate me. Yep, right. And, And he hate me. Yes, exactly. And he hate me. Jamie, thank you for the question, and thank you all patrons for your contributions to the show and for your listener questions every week. We love doing these, and we want to do more and more of them. If you guys would like to get in on some of this action, head over to patreon.com slash BWO, sign up for that $5 tier or more, and you can get your questions in every single week that we will answer right here on the show. But, sir, Ian Dangerous, we are not done just yet. We have just enough time. Oh, my God, it's so much show. We have just enough time <laughs> for our other news lightning round. Lightning round. Okay. Oh, here we go. I'm ready. All right. So first things first, a little bit of a sad, somber note. Uh, Lionheart, Adrian McCallum, ICW champ, uh, mainstay of British wrestling, has passed away at 36. 36. That's way too young. Uh, he was the owner of Pro Wrestling Elite. He was a coach at the Glasgow Pro Wrestling Asylum. He was notably just one of the nicest guys, always trying to help, um, as Nick Aldis said, raise other people up. Apparently, uh, Aldis was texting him all the way until the night before he passed away. And Aldis said one of the last things that he was talking to him about was lifting other people up. So, yeah. yeah. So, RIP to Lionheart. Uh, Maybe I'll throw some matches up in the Facebook discussion group. You can check out some of his stuff. He's very good. So, tragedy for the wrestling world. Also, uh, beautiful Bobby Eaton is in the hospital with congestive chest issues. Apparently, he's okay. Uh, You may know him better as uh, one half of the um, 
the Midnight Express. Yeah. Jim Cornette and he are still very close. Cornette has been updating everyone on Twitter as to his condition. Initially, it was reported as a heart attack. Uh, apparently, it's not a heart attack. It is just a, con- a congestive he- uh, chest issue. He's on diuretics right now, so it looks like he's going to make a full recovery. But get well quickly. Beautiful Bobby Eaton. Uh, also, speaking of injuries, they just mentioned this in our chat as well. Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke was on main event this week and got busted wide open. She took a, uh, a ring corner spot, went right into the turnbuckle, just like Goldberg. Goldberg. Got a yeah. nice, nice big gash on the side of her face, bled everywhere. They had to stop the match. It was against Sarah Logan. Uh, remember her? Had to stop the match. And uh, Dana Brooke got taken the back. She's fine, obviously, but just it was uh, it was very bloody. So I went and, and watched very, very the bloody. footage of this, and it it wasn't that bad. Like she had it was like on her temple, you know. I, so I'm wondering if it was more than actually. She was like like bonked, like she got a concussion. Or exactly. Something. Yeah. Was she woozy, said it was for the you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but typically, when it comes to like main event, which is much more of a kids show, um, you know, th- they're gonna try and keep any blood off of it whatsoever. Like yeah. they get away with it every once in a while on pay per views, but. Regular TV shows, unless it's unless it's like a little tiny trickle or something, they they try to get that off out of there as quickly as possible. Anyway, but Dana Brooke busted wide open. Uh, AEW is going to debut a women's title at All Out. We don't know what the match will be yet to crown the first women's champ, but apparently both the men's and women's champ will be crowned on the same night. Nice at All Out in August. Doctor Brooke. Uh, speaking of speaking of. Uh, AW News, the Lucha Brothers, who, as you know, were chasing the Young Bucks AAA tag team titles at the recent show, Double or Nothing. Well, they got those titles back. The Lucha Brothers just beat the Young Bucks at AAA's Verando de Escándalo in Mexico and won back those AAA titles. They are now the new AAA tag team champions. Of course, AEW has an ongoing uh, business relationship with AAA. So look for that to continue. Is AEW uh, going to have their own tag titles, or are they just using Triple A's for now? Um, I've well for Triple A's for now, but I think at some point they will. But you know, they don't even have a TV show yet, so why That's not? True. You know, they, they've got the two main titles. Maybe we'll get some announced as we get closer. Maybe there's a plan in place. Yeah. Uh, but as far as we know right now, the Lucha Brothers are the new Triple A tag champions. So congratulations to our boys, Pentagon and El Phoenix, El Rey Phoenix. Uh, Scarlett, there you go, buddy. Scarlett Bordeaux has been asking for her release from Impact, uh, as well as Killer Cross, who is also not happy with his contract. Well, she's been released. She is no longer a member of Impact. Very curious to see where she ends up. She's got a somewhat of a controversial gimmick, um, but it also it works for her, and she's very defensive of it and protective of it. Um, and I think you know she does good work. She works the crowd. She's you know so I think she could end up somewhere. Uh, and still be a big star. So congratulations to her for getting out of the contract she didn't want to be a part of. Speaking of leaving contracts and impact, Davey Boy Smith has left New Japan because apparently they wouldn't let him work for Impact, which is strange because they're using some Impact guys right now. Whatever. Uh, But he wanted to go work with Impact. Apparently Impact had a bunch of big opportunities for him, which makes sense because he's a big guy and very talented and could could put on good matches with a lot of the people that are over there in Impact right now. So Davey Boy Smith, on his way to Impact and no longer with New Japan. That's why Lance Archer is now solo and also in the G1. Uh, WWE is going to have its own category at the ESPYs this year. Uh, they will have the best moment 
category. Best moment of WWE. There are four nominees currently vying for the WWE Best Moment of the Year award at the ESPYs. You've got Roman Reigns returning to Raw and announcing that he is leukemia-free. You have Becky Lynch defeating both Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair to win the Raw and SmackDown women's titles in the main event of WrestleMania. You have Kofi Kingston defeating Daniel Bryan to win the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. And you've got Ronda Rousey beating Alexa Bliss at SummerSlam to win her first title. So those are the four best moment awards. I think you and I both know which one is going to win. Sorry, Kofi Kingston? Yeah. Oh, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns always goes over. You know this, especially Kofi. when it comes to leukemia. Kofi's going to get it. All right. Use up. Let's. Psh, there we go. Now we now we have a bet. Kofi Kingston or Roman Reigns? Who's taking it? Yes. I'm very curious. Because yes. the ESPYs matter. couple more things. Mike and Maria ben, uh, Canellis are re-signing with WWE. They have re-signed for five more years. Chalk this up into the never learn category. Uh, Mike and Maria Canellis will be with WWE for the next Five years. Good luck, guys. Great. Uh, how's, how's your 205 Live career going? Um, and then also two more things. WWE Shop now has Adam Cole, Bay Bay on board, car magnets. I was actually going to make those. I just had to throw that into this segment because that's amazing. They don't always make good stuff at the WWE Shop. That's good stuff. That's good stuff right there. That's that's hilarious. Uh, you guys, you guys can uh, we will confirm with Esther, but uh, probably six weeks ago we were going to the gas station and I saw a minivan with one of those yellow diamond baby on board things, and yes. I, all I could think about was boom, right? With my, did my, I did my thumb and just ba- yeah. ba- have a baby with a thumb pointing down and say baby <laughs> on board or the the double fingers, right? Yes, uh, yes. You know, I'll probably buy one if I'm being honest because I'm a sucker. That's that's my kind of shit right there. I love. It. I'll they've put it on my a, laptop. They've got to make like a, a cornhole thing, where it's a coal hole. You know, have have like a undisputed error on the front of it. That'd be great. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All, all kinds of Michael Cole products. Be great. Michael um, Cole. Adam Cole. Michael Cole. No, no Michael Cole products. No. Uh. Uh-uh. No. Stop Heath it, dog. Stop, stop it. <laughs> Finally, uh, Rush might be coming to WWE in huh? 2020. The other founding member of Los Ingobernables, still he, he still got on uh, good terms with Andrade Cienalmas, uh, who initially told Rush not to come to WWE when Rush was looking to move to America. He went to Ring of Honor instead, but as we all know right now, Ring of Honor is a bit of a cesspool. Yeah. Um, things are not going well in Ring of Honor right That's now. for so some time. Rush might be looking, when his contract is up at the end of the year, he might be looking to go somewhere else. Well, Andrade has obviously... Very happy with WWE right now. He's a big part of SmackDown Live. He's making tons of money now, and he's dating Charlotte. So, yeah, yeah, Andrade's doing pretty good for himself right now. So apparently, Rush, he's come telling on over. now he's telling Rush things aren't so bad in WWE. So uh, apparently, it's it's the rumor, the scuttlebutt is that Rush might be heading to WWE way. Which, by the way, if you've never seen Rush wrestle, it's basically it's. Andrade meets Tarzan is how I would describe Rush. Oh, so yeah, um, meets Naito obviously because Naito took a lot of his style from from sure. Rush as well. Sure. So mm, that would be amazing. Would love to see that happen. And Nick, that is the news. Oh my God, are we done? Okay, we're done. We're done. Oh my God, we made it, guys. We did it. Sorry yeah. about all that G one climax mumbo jumbo there in the middle that ran us a little bit long. But holy smokes, that is one of the most exciting things every single year is when that gets announced. So I hope you guys, uh, I believe it starts on July 6th is, uh, is night one for block A. Am I right there? 
I don't know. Can't stay Block A starts, yes. Yeah. Stay tuned to the group. Come in, come into the Facebook discussion group. and We'll talk know, more about it next next week when we're not, oh yeah. you know, 20 minutes past time. It, we may, teaser, we may even do a Patreon bonus episode breaking down the G1 even before Ooh. more than that. Yeah, we owe, we owe some episodes. So, uh, we owe we some episodes, man. Yes, agreed. Yeah, we owe you guys a couple patrons. So it, Nick's slacking on his, his fantasy writing, I know. Uh, it's... It, no, Nick's writing War and Peace. That's why it's that's taking true. forever. That's true. That's true. I'm not slacking on it. It's just taking forever. Guys, that's our show this week. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, chat, for hanging out with us here on YouTube live as we record it every week, every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. But breaking news, breaking news, Nick is traveling to Los Angeles on Sunday what? for the week. I will be back in sunny Southern California for the week. And we will be podcasting together live on Thursday. I don't know if we'll be live. Yes. We'll be together. We'll be something. We'll see we'll if we can figure out. out how to do it live, but no promises. <laughs> uh, we, uh, we will be podcasting in the same room from the new Danger Cave, the Danger Palace, whichever it is now. I'm not sure. Uh, Definitely more of a case. Yeah. So next, we pay it, I will be flying in the air on Sunday. Sir Ian Dangerous will be running the live chat Four stomping grounds this Sunday while I travel. Uh, I think we're going to be able to pull off doing a recap show on Monday. TBD on that. But Thursday, we will be coming to you from the same venue in Los Angeles once again for a one-off special. So stay tuned for more information on that. Head over to the Busted Wide Open Discussion Group on Facebook. Make sure you join up. Uh, BWO Podcast on Twitter and Facebook. And Patreon, you can find us, patreon.com slash BWO. Show some love to the show. If you want to support us, pick up uh, some merch, some sweet swag, uh, get access to show notes, some fun stuff that we do exclusively for the patrons over at patreon.com slash BWO. Thank you very much, guys. Yep, answer one, one Nick, thing. Yep. Nick, they're saying, they asked a question in the comments that is uh, very, very apt. Um, when I sent you your, your giant Naya shrine there, uh-huh. along with that, Came a little mini Naya, did it? Did it not? It did. Can you guys will you not be bringing, see her? Will you be bringing mini Naya with you? She's back because there I think on the you, light switch. Can you guys see her? Uh, oh yeah, there she is. Yes, now we see her. Yeah. You need to bring her with you on your trip so that Naya is always with you. <sighs> oh yeah, but we're not going to be on camera. I don't want it to get uh, smashed. I'll be in my on luggage. camera. I'm going to turn the camera around. Uh, you know what? So everyone... let's, let's let it get smashed in luggage. Let's give it some road wear. You know, let's 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 beat it up a little bit. Uh, hey, hey, hey. And, yeah. We'll, we'll, I'll put, there's no unsafe worker. There's no need to be an unsafe worker with Naya, okay? <laughs> right, 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 right. I, I wouldn't survive unfair. 30 seconds in the ring with that woman. <laughs> no, See you what I not. did there? All right, guys. My name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God, would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.